Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Radio. Boom! What up, America? Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Coming to you live and direct from the City of Angels, where we're waiting. We're waiting for uh, Lonzo Ball makes his NBA debut tonight. We have Thursday Night Football, which kind of seems like it's getting lost in the wash, right? Kansas City Chiefs, after getting stomped at home, take on the Oakland Hades. Tonight, and of course, uh, in addition to more NBA action, we have Major League Baseball. Dodgers, Cubs get another shot at the Dodgers. And instead of the Cubs going quietly tonight, they'll get a chance to get closer and uh, make the series three games to two. Clayton Kershaw on the bump for the Dodgers. Let's let's start there. Uh, quick programming note, Hunter Henry, tight end, who did Bubkiss first game of the season against the Broncos. Bubkiss last weekend. Huge in their win over these same Oakland Raiders. They play the Broncos at home this week. We'll get Hunter Henry's thoughts on just how they've, have they eliminated or have they rectified the issues of the past where they lost close games, seeing as they've now won two close games in a row. 
Hunter Henry, 10 minutes away or so here on the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. My sister has three children. I have three children. My brother has three children. That's nine, right? And I never forget when my sister had her daughter 15 years ago or so. And um, I think at some point I asked her, I said, like, did you have natural childbirth or, or what? I think that was the question. And at that point in time, I think even my own term of natural childbirth was a little bit different than what natural childbirth, I think how many people would term it. She's like, well, what do you consider natural childbirth? And I was like, well, I don't know. Did you have a C-section? She's like, well, no, that's not what that, that is. Uh, th- that is a, um, <clears throat> sorry for the word, vaginal delivery, but that's not what they call natural childbirth. Natural childbirth is no, no drugs. And I was like, well, did you have drugs? She said, well, let me just ask you this. You have a tooth taken out. Do you have Novocaine? I said, yeah. She's like, I had a baby taken out of me. What do you think? I bring that up because we, baseball operated for years as if it could live without replay. And, and the three ring circus and clown show that is Major League Baseball. Um, that is Major League Baseball. Proved beyond a reasonable doubt, something that we know in a court of law, we know in a court of law to be true, which is, Ramos, do you know what the worst form of evidence is, the least reliable form of evidence is during a trial? I would think this is kind of shocking to say, but I would think the person who actually saw what happened. Yes. Eyewitness testimony is seen to be the least reliable form of testimony. I mean, like, listen, we were all kind of screwed up because we didn't understand the numbers during the OJ trial, like one in 20 million. So you're saying there's a chance. Like, no, one in 20 million is a scientific fact, actually, right? Whereas eyewitness testimony is the least reliable. And baseball... Baseball's all screwed up. Like, for years, look, it's screwed up in that the initial call as to whether or not you swing or whether or not you offered at a pitch, right? You know who makes the original call? It's the plate umpire. Now, I don't know about you, but listen, I'm not a gecko. Maybe these guys are geckos. Maybe their eyes can go in opposite directions. But the idea that you can see the pitch and whether or not it's a strike and if the batter offered at the pitch at the exact same time is uh, remarkable physics or it's just an impossibility. So what baseball has done for years, and we talked a little bit about this yesterday, is you got the appeal, right? Because now, in, in fairness, first and third base, though, it's eyewitness testimony, and though... There's other things they're looking for. They do have a great shot at it and a split-second decision. They can take a look at it. It's an opinion. So baseball in many ways has understood that the individual umpire is, in fact, flawed. An appeal is nothing more than a review, is nothing more than a replay. The only problem with it is it uses eyewitness testimony. The other part of the appeal is what, what we talked about yesterday it's the dumbest thing in sports. It's like another umpire has a secret. Ooh, 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 I got a secret, but you can't. You have to ask me. You have to point to me. Otherwise, 
I'm going to keep that secret to myself. That's what happened the night before. Aaron Judge, round second base. Caught uh, is a caught fly ball. They throw him out at first base. He is that we think he's pegged at first. They go to the replay, and turns out he was safe. Meanwhile, he missed second base, and there's an umpire standing right there. And the whole time they go to New York, they got the replay. They're discussing all this stuff. The second place umpire knew the entire time that Aaron Judge had missed second base, but he's not allowed to say anything until you step on the base and point to him and go like, "Yeah, I had the answer the whole time." But yesterday, it's beyond ridiculousness. In addition to the fact that baseball waited past any other professional and collegiate sport to, to, to allow replay into their most important games. Remember, baseball's holding out like, nah, that's just part of baseball. You mean completely butchering safe and out, completely butchering a home run. It, it's like the guy who's like, look, I know my plane could have radar and it could be much safer, but I prefer to wing it. That was baseball for a long time. You know, there's thunderstorms and lightning and planes crash, but you know what? I got my spidey senses on. I can just land the plane. Last night, Curtis Granderson is up at the plate. Curtis Granderson, as it's funny, as uh, I was explaining to my son, has watched the games. Like, Curtis Granderson is one of those guys that used to be really good, is super likable, eventually will be on TV, not particularly good now. Matter of fact, you can correlate directly when the Dodgers traded for Curtis Granderson when they went into the tank. It's crazy. But Curtis Granderson's up there uh, with one out, a runner at first base. He's facing Wade Davis. And on a curveball, he swings and misses, and strike three is dropped. Here's what ensued. Oh, my goodness. Did he just call it a foul ball? He did. He just called it a foul ball. That's ridiculous. Can't change it. That is shocking. Eric Cooper has come in, apparently, and overruled Jim Wolf. And Joe Madden is beside himself. Uh, that is uh, Turner Sports with the call. Uh, my man uh, Brian Anderson, of course, Ron Darling as as the analyst. And uh, Eric Cooper's like, ooh, 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 I know he swung and he hit the ball. Now, here's what's crazy about it. You can't use replay to review this. So you you have replay, but you don't have replay in baseball. Made even worse is there's a brand new, I mean, brand new, beautiful, state-of-the-art jumbotron to which anybody in the world can look out at center field and Joe Madden's sitting there going, would you just look at the video? Now, I saw it with my own two eyes, right? Because eyewitness testimony is so good. I saw it with my, heard it with my ear. I saw it. I heard it. Did you hear it? I heard it. I totally heard it. You heard it. I heard it. I heard it. All right. He sw- and Joe Madden's like, this is crazy. This is nuts. Guys, guys, listen, I know you're not supposed to use replay, but it's right there. They're like, nope, can't look up at it. Can't use it. I understand when a woman is giving birth, there's a, uh, there's a, uh, what's, what, what's the point? The, the point of no, there's a point of no return which you can no longer get the epidural, right? You get past, dilated past, I don't know what. And like, sorry, lady, can't give you drugs. You're on your own, okay? Enjoy. You're like one of those settler women out in the, out in the woods. But, but this wasn't one of those cases. Let's just, just peek up. Just, just peek, just look up and go like, eh. 
I might have thought I saw it, but, you know, I'm looking at the replay there. You can land a plane without radar, but it doesn't make it a good idea. What is it that Chris Rock used to say? You can drive a car with your feet, doesn't make it a good idea. Baseball's so screwed up. Between the appeal process and the idea that some plays you can bring in some other mooks who they didn't see it either. Meanwhile, you have all the technology in the world telling you the answer right away. I get it. We all grew up doing math, and a calculator was lazy. But you know what? The calculator was right. The calculator never forgets to carry the three. It just doesn't. Ah, decimal point. Damn it. Calculator doesn't forget that. Human error. Human error. Congratulations, baseball. In the most baseball way ever, you screwed up, threw Joe Madden out of the game. Didn't seem to matter because after giving up a monster home run to uh, Justin Turner, Wade Davis ends up getting a two-inning save, and the Cubs live to play another day. All right, uh, Hunter Henry is going to join us upcoming next. First, don't let the name fool you. Dollar Shave Club has way more than just razors. Try their first month starter set with travel size shave butter, body cleanser, butt wipes, and executive razor, all for just $5. After that, replacement cartridges ship for just a few bucks a month. Get your get yours at dollarshaveclub.com slash Gottlieb. Hunter Henry from the San Diego, nice San Diego, I did it again, LA Chargers joins us. Are they over the proverbial hump? Find out next. With True Car, you can find out what other people in your area pay for the same car you're looking for and on average save over $3,000 off MSRP. Whether you're looking for a new or used car, visit True Car and enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. I've been on Team Charger since it was, before it was cool to be on Team Charger, and uh, it's going to be cool to be on Team Charger this uh, Sunday as they return home after winning on the road in Oakland against the Raiders because they're going to be wearing the powder blue uniforms. Look, this is, I'm going to give the NFL some healthy advice here. You ready for it, Ramos? I'm always ready, Doug. Change the divisions. The hardest thing in the 21st century, okay, from this point forward is going to be filling up NFL stadiums. That's going to be the most difficult part of uh, the economics of scale with the National Football League. And the reason, and the reason is, like, look, you're better off staying at home watching all the games. You got to give me a reason to go to the park. I think I know they have historic rivalries, but the Redskins and Ravens should play each other twice a year every year. The Rams and Chargers should play each other twice a year every year. Battle for LA should be on the football field. Uh, but in the meantime, the rivalry we saw. Sunday is going to be amped up like you'll never see. When the Raiders come into Carson, right? Like you have to understand the demographics of different parts of Southern California. Carson and South Central and Los Angeles, that is Raider country, even though the Raiders haven't been there in 20 years. But for the Chargers to go up and beat the Raiders in their house and do so in the type of fashion they did, Derek Carr played and did it with a drive at the end of the game, making it a very easy field goal, when last year they lost that exact same game on a botched snap and hold in the Oakland Alameda Coliseum, whatever they call it now. That was a that was a big win. To win a close game, to win against a rival who many of the people who show up at your stadium are actually bigger fans of, 
and to get the second consecutive win and do more than just get off the schneid against the, the Giants the week before, I think that's big. Hunter Henry, tight end for the L.A. Chargers, joins us. Am I... I'm not overselling, right? That was a that was a big win Sunday, correct? Oh yeah, oh yeah, it was it was huge. We definitely needed it. Um, I mean, it's a division win, uh, a team that's kind of a rival of ours, and um, like you said, like all those things you said. I mean, it was huge for us. Um, okay, so when it's close, though, I mean, I don't know how you. I don't know if you get if you take a step back, but like I'm sitting there watching at home, like every Charger game seems to be the same. Right, everyone comes down to a last-second drive where Philip is trying to get you down the field, maybe to get you a touchdown, maybe get you in field goal range. Um, in in the moment, are you feeling that, or are you simply kind of locked in on the fact that, by the way, you were getting open all the time? How, how locked in on the moment are you? How much do you realize how similar this is to so many other games? Uh, yeah, they're pretty much all similar. Um, I think we kind of realize that. I mean, every game in this league, with us especially, is. Um, right there on the brink of, you know, a play or two can make a big difference. So, you know, we were able to make the plays when they counted, um, and that was huge for us. I think that's huge for the whole team, uh, just a confidence builder and continue to build on that. Yeah, I, I got I to be honest, though, okay? Um, I'm sitting there, and I'm, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm watching you, and you had two explosive plays on that last drive, and I'm thinking, you know, maybe – Maybe you should punch it in the end zone here. Was there any discussion in the huddle? Because the last play that Phillip took, he took a snap and then laid down in the middle of the field to set up the field goal. Was there any thought, you know, we shouldn't leave this a chance. Let's just go score a touchdown. We've uh, we've been bitten before by field goal mistakes. Uh, there was talk of it. Just to, We were rolling as an offensive group, uh, running the football, too, at the end there. So we felt like maybe we should do a few more runs. Maybe we can bust one. But – it was the right choice. I mean, it was the smart decision to do. Uh, they didn't have, you know, they we made them use all their timeouts, and so, um, you know, that we 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 brought in a great kicker in Nick, so we were very confident. We've seen him kick. Um, I mean, he's kicked here for a long time, so and he's kicked in this league for a long time, and he's been in those situations. So we knew, we had a lot of faith in him, um, and it was good to have kind of him step up and 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 be able to kick a big field goal. All right, so you take on the Broncos this Sunday at home. Last time you took on the Broncos, you didn't have a catch. What were they doing to keep you out, of, to, to make you so unproductive in comparison to, for example, this past Sunday? Um, I, didn't, I didn't run as many routes as I have been either. Um, I mean, we checked out of a lot of stuff. They were kind of giving some different looks that we had to check out of um, to run and different things like that. But uh, we also didn't get in a flow as an offense as a whole pretty much till the end. Um, so I think as a whole, we just got to stay in rhythm, um, and, uh, be better in early down so that we can kind of get our offense rolling and get everybody kind of involved. Hunter Henry joining us on the Doug Gottlieb show here on Fox sports radio. Uh, did you see this players only poll? Have you, have you seen the results to this? <laughs> no, what was it? Okay. So they have a uh, best trash talkers in the NFL. Cam Newton won. Philip Rivers too. Now I've seen Philip Rivers talk to other teams, but that that trash talk. Uh, would you agree with that? That he's one of. He doesn't have to say he's the second best, but is he among the elite trash talkers in the NFL? Uh, yeah, he's a slyly uh, pretty good trash talker. I'm not gonna lie. He's uh, he's very sly with it, but he, he he's pretty good. Um, he's he's pretty smooth with what he says. It's pretty funny sometimes. Okay, then he's also uh, what is he third on the list of. Who is one quarterback you would not want as a teammate? Why would he be third? Jay Cutler's one. 
Cam Newton second. It should be pointed out he received only six percent of the vote, right? So it's not like it's not like he got twenty five percent of the vote, six percent of the vote. Why do you think there's a a presumption around the league that he wouldn't be a great teammate as your quarterback? Um, he's so intense. I feel like sometimes that people don't understand who he is as a person, though. Like, um, I think they just see him on TV. They don't see him behind closed doors and see him like when he's just himself. I mean, obviously he's a ultra competitor. Um, and sometimes he, he he's very emotional too, and shows that emotion at all times in the game. And I feel like sometimes people resent that. Um, and you know, I think I don't know. If, I guess guys just like don't like him for that. And I, I guess that would be my opinion on it. But I mean, if you knew the kind of guy he was um, and, and what he was about, I mean, he's just an ultra competitor, and I love that about him. Um, he just wants the best out of everybody and wants the best out of himself. So. It's uh, it's fun to be around a guy like that. Um, I can see, but I can see the reverse side of things where people can take it the wrong way and and not want a guy like that on their team. Hunter Henry joining us in the Doug Gottlieb show felt like something changed with Melvin Melvin Gordon, your running back in New York. You mentioned how well you guys were running the ball late against the the Raiders. You ran the ball exceptionally well late against the Giants. Uh, was it something schematically? Something in his confidence? Something click? Uh, what do you think has changed with Melvin Gordon now in the second month of the season? Uh, I think it was a lot on us up front too. I mean, just clicking as a whole, um, as a whole unit, and us uh, executing kind of the game plan and the blocks, and and really straining because this guy, once you can, when you can put him in one-on-one situations, he's pretty special. And so, um, just to be able to, you know, I think we had a lot of new guys in the offensive line too that were, you know, coming together and trying to gel. So, um, it's not always on Mel. Um, it's usually, you know, it, it, it can be on all of us up front. I mean, tight end room and offensive line room. And we, we, we knew we had to be better. Um, and that was an emphasis for us that week, and we were able to do it. And that kind of that gave us confidence, gave us gave Melvin confidence. So, um, you know, we got to continue to do that. Last time you guys played at home, there was a ton of Eagles fans. Um, and, you know, a lot of people have pointed out that the percentage of fans that are opposing teams fans as opposed to your fans – I know last year in San Diego was really hard, right? Team was leaving, and people weren't taking it great. Had to be hard to go out to dinner sometimes. San Diego loved their Chargers. You guys like San Diego. It's just a stadium thing, an ownership thing. Like, I I get all of that. But for a guy, like, look, you played at Arkansas, unbelievable fan base. We play at Fayetteville, you play in Little Rock. Hell, even when you play in Dallas, uh, just, you know, your fans are your fans. What's it like to play in front of a place which is supposed to be your home stadium, and yet... A lot of times it's half-filled with, with the other team's fans. Uh, it's different. It's definitely different. But we realize, I mean, this is a, a beautiful place, one of the most beautiful places in the world. And a lot of people uh, want to come see their team play out here, um, which is can be tough sometimes. They want to see their – you know, they want to come to a, do a vacation and then maybe see their team play at the same time. Um, so we know that. Um, that'll always – I think that'll, that'll be there. But at the same time, I mean, it, it can be tough, but – um, as you can see, I mean, the last two weeks we were on the road um, and we were fine. So uh, none of that kind of stuff affects us. I think we're really getting close and closer as a team. Um, so that I think we just kind of rally together and uh, come together. And really, it doesn't matter who's in the stands. I mean, we have each other and we're, you know, we, we just continue to push and continue to go. Uh, powder Blues this Sunday. Do you, I mean, you have to dig the Powder Blues more than the Royal Blues, right? I mean, the, the Navy Blues, correct? Oh, yeah. Powder Blues are sweet. Yeah, so I don't. Why don't they use that? Why is that the alternate uniform? Why isn't that the go-to, the standard uniform? Don't ask me, man. Don't ask me. I don't. I have no idea. That, I, I love the powder blues. I think they're sweet. But um, I mean, it, I guess it makes it a little extra special when we throw them on. Um, maybe that's the case. 
maybe, maybe, and probably helps helps them maybe sell a little bit better. Um, all these now these group celebrations are legal. Do you guys spend any time during the week preparing for what celebration you're going to do when you score a touchdown? No, we don't really practice. So <laughs> we're not really. Uh, we feel like if you work on them too much, uh, you know, you work on your celebration too much, and what you want to do when you get in the end zone, you probably you're you're not worried about you know actually getting into the end zone. So uh, you work on your your post game post after celebration, you probably won't get in. So uh, just focus on getting in first. Yeah, you don't want to jinx it either, right? Like if you if you exactly. think about scoring a touchdown, you won't score a touchdown, so you don't think about it, and then you just react. And then sometimes you kind of, you kind of, you know, you kind of, you kind of choke. You kind of guys kind of, I gotta be honest, kind of have a boring team. Not gonna lie to you. Like in a, in a good way, boring, but kind of boring. Like, right. You guys, you kind of have workmen like dudes. That's what it's about, man. That's just, I mean, that's my motto at least. I mean, we have some guys that like to kind of are a little showy, but I mean, that to me, I like that uh, more than anything. I like just, I mean, if you can go out there and get wins and, and be like that, I think it's kind of cool. Uh, Raiders, Chiefs tonight. Do you have a pick? Oh man, I don't really know. Really Come on, you play both. You play both of those teams. It's in Oakland. Who wins? Man, I don't. I don't know. The Chiefs are really good. They're kind of rolling, and uh, they just came off a loss. Um, but I mean, I know the Raiders are going to be fired up, and cars. I, I bet continuing to go. Um, I don't know. It's in the black hole, so I, I might. I don't know, man. I I, I might have to say the Chiefs tonight, I think, might pull it out uh, just coming off the loss. All right. Well, listen, best of luck against the Broncos at StubHub on Sunday in the Powder Blues. Hopefully they get you the ball this time. Again, we don't need you blocking, right? All us fantasy guys are like, dude, we don't need 100 blocking. Tell Wiz, we don't need you blocking. We need you out in the pattern like you were on that last drive. Especially that, I saw you run a corner out. That was a thing of beauty. Um, thanks so much for joining us, Hunter. Best of luck this weekend. Appreciate it. Thank you, Amber. That's Hunter Henry joining us. Uh, brought to you by True Car. Find out what other people in your area paid for the same car you're looking for. New or used, visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Uh, when when somebody says it's different, that doesn't mean it's good, right? That's What's it like to come out when the, your home fans are half cheering for you? It's different. That's like saying, is she hot? She's got a great personality, right? That's It's changing the answer. But I do think, I mean, Ramos knows, even as a Ram fan, that while there are always going to be Raider fans and there'll be some Ram fans here, um, I, I kind of think you win enough. I think it'll turn some. I just don't know if they won't ultimately always be the Jets, right? The Jets to the Giants. But it's going to be fascinating to see. Let's uh, bring in Dan Byer. What do you got, Dan? Uh, he's a super nice guy. That's the one that that I think I'm used to hearing from you know, went back when yeah. you had blind dates. Yeah, yeah, you know, uh, super nice guy, but yeah, just uh, one of those. Uh, the Cubs are a really good team, but they trail the Dodgers three to one in the NLCS. Game five is tonight, Doug. Eight o'clock Eastern time as the Dodgers do a take two to try to close out this series. They put Clayton Kershaw on the hill against Jose Quintana. You were talking football with Hunter Henry, Chiefs Raiders. Yes, tonight, Navarro Bowman, signed by the Raiders this week, could have started linebacker tonight for Oakland. It gets week seven going at 825 Eastern time. Now, Chiefs quarterback Alex that's, that's, Smith. That's not, that's not going to fare well. I'm yeah. telling you, he was split in time. The fact that he's starting is not a good sign for Oakland. Okay, linebackers match up with who? Running what's the linebacker's job? Running backs and tight ends. Yes. Uh, what's the strength of the Kansas City Chiefs? Running backs and tight ends. 
Okay. Who do you think I like tonight? <laughs> the Kansas City Chiefs. Mm-hmm. All right. The uh, Chiefs got a loss last week to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Alex Smith was not happy with a play by Mike Mitchell, the Steelers' safety. Kind of took 30. a cheap shot on him. Kind of? Yes. He did take a cheap yeah. shot on him. Fine. More than $48,000 today was Mitchell. Good. Third offense for him. He's already been fined twice this season for unnecessary roughness. Mitchell is appealing that fine. Um, Panthers linebacker Luke Keekley limited in practice today with a concussion. Some NBA news, Doug. The MRI in the knee of Warriors forward Draymond Green came back negative, but he's doubtful to play tomorrow against the Pelicans. And the Brooklyn Nets lost guard Jeremy Lin for the season, ruptured his patellar tendon in last night's loss to the Indiana Pacers. That's according to Woj. That's the weirdest thing, too, that it's the patellar tendon. It's a, And there's the patellar and the patella tendon. You, you know that's two different things? Duh. <laughs> I just do. I learned it right now. I yeah, know it's interesting. It, yeah, it's super interesting. Wait, wait, isn't the patella? Is he? Because it almost when you say patella, it sounds like the guy that says Washington. You know, <laughs> yeah. the guy that says Washington. <laughs> yeah. Wait, is that? Did he say patella? But he said patella. <laughs> yeah. Right. Uh, uh, my dad used to do that with Honda. It was a Hunter. Like, no, it's a Honda, <laughs> Dad. Honda, not a Honda. But that's actually there's actually two different patella. injuries: a patella tendon, like patella tendonitis, and a patella tendon injury. Yeah, I'd, I'd look it up. I mean, I'd, I've had this discussion before. That's uh, uh, that's that's Dan Byer. Um, you know, I've heard people go crazy about this. The Celtics are 0-2 now. They lost at home to the Milwaukee Bucks. Uh, the Greek Freak had 37 points, I believe, on their home floor. Remember, the Bucks are playing without Jabari Parker, and, of course, uh, he's going to return some point this season from a, a, another, a second torn ACL. And, uh, look, the... It was an emotional game. Gordon Hayward with the video to the fans. He hadn't even played in front of regular season NBA Boston Celtic fans, and yet still emotional video. His He had surgery apparently yesterday. His agent said he's probably not going to play this year. There is a slight chance he could play at the end of the year. Like, all of that's interesting. I offered up yesterday that I do think that this helps Jason Tatum, helps Jalen Brown, because they'll be a bigger part, bigger focal point of the offense and they'll have to develop sooner. But um, it's interesting. You know, like you're having, I, I was listening very early this morning to Nick Wright on First Things First, and he was critical of Kyrie going ISO, going one-on-one. Even the Celtics broadcast, Tommy Heinsohn talked a little bit about he's go, you know, doing too much, going one-on-one. And Colin Cowherd said earlier today, right, they, oh, now he misses LeBron, that this is the biggest mistake he ever made. Again, I look at it completely the opposite. Completely opposite. Coaches love it when you do what you think you should do and it fails. Then you go to them, you're like, all right, this ain't working. What do we do? Hey, how about you try it my way now? If you go back and look at the next to last possession for the Cleveland Cavaliers when they were taking on the Boston Celtics, one of the last possessions, he went one-on-one with Derrick Rose. Now, he ended up getting a shot. He ended up not hitting the rim. Let's hit all backboard. It's kind of an awkward shot going to the hoop. But the bigger point is, one of the, the thing that Brad Stevens does best, better than a, maybe any coach in the NBA, is create a mismatch. And he did so for Isaiah Thomas. The ball moves around, and somehow at the end of the shot clock, you always have your center on their point guard, and that's a mismatch. Right? It's the old Mike March. We talked about... Um, Navarro Bowman and what he's going to do tonight. How he's like Mike March's sole philosophy. Remember Mike March is the former offensive coordinator, head coach of the greatest show on turf, the LA Rams. You know what his sole philosophy was, Ramos? You should know this. You're a Rams fan. 
Uh, you talked about it earlier, right? Get the running backs and tight end on a linebacker. Yeah, get a linebacker to cover a running back. He always felt he had he had the best running back in the league in Marshall Falk, and he felt like if he could create however whatever with the movement, whatever he could have a linebacker on him. That's where they're going. Right. Everything else is just to disguise that in basketball. If you can get a five on your one or a one on your five, either one of those. That's a mismatch. There's a reason that in the NBA now, the Celtics have changed their roster to try and match the Golden State Warriors because all these wings are interchangeable. Two, three, four, don't matter. Even one doesn't really matter. Five, rim protector, big guy, or in the Cavs case, Kevin Love, that's who you want to guard your point guard because they're the least likely to be able to guard out in the perimeter. So does Kyrie overhandle the ball? Sure. Does he break off and do his own thing? Absolutely. But if you're Brad Stevens, it makes the conversation so much easier. Hey, um, remember all that stuff you talked about, how you want to come here and buy in and I'm a great coach and blah, blah, blah. Well, we've done it your way and it doesn't work as well. Or why don't we just try to do it my way? Make the one or two extra passes. It comes back to you. I will get a big guy on you. And all those same moves wind up in a wide open shot. But, I mean, like, look, you can't freak out about new teams. The Celtics had 11 new guys in their roster. 11 of 15. I haven't heard anybody mention the fact that the Minnesota Timberwolves, they got Jimmy Butler, right? This is now playoff team. They went into San Antonio, got beat. Did you notice that San Antonio, Tony Parker, still not playing? And Kawhi Leonard didn't play. And they still got beat. I, like I, I, I don't think. I don't think the um, Suns are any good, but they were down fifty-eight at one point in time last night to the Portland Trailblazers. Like it's the first game of the year. It's an eighty-two game schedule. Last year, the first game of the year, the Golden State Warriors got beat by twenty on their home floor. This year, they lost to the Houston Rockets. So you're not wrong to think that Kyrie overhandles the ball, goes one-on-one too much, breaks off of their stuff. You're not wrong. But old habits die hard. And even if you might have been the guy that passes the ball and waits to the mismatch in the preseason, you get in the regular season, your ego takes over. And this is the best possible scenario for Brad Stevens. What would be worse is if he was going one-on-one, dominating the league, breaking off of their offense, scoring 40 points, and they keep winning games. That just continues to build on bad habits. Whereas now they can go back and go like, all right, we tried that. Didn't work. Let's try it my way. Let's try it my way. Guess who got booed at home in the first game of the season? I'll tell you next. Here's the select quote difference. Most companies give you one option, one policy, one rate, but select quote gives you options, lots of options. I want you to give select quote a call at 800-881-4466 or go to selectquote.com today for a totally free personal quote. Doug Gottlieb show Fox sports radio. It is interesting how it works with, um, with the NBA. We kind of parachute in. We watched a little bit of guys that we watched last night. We're like, what the hell's the matter with Markel Fultz's jump shot? Boy, Ben Simmons is as good as Doug told us he was. I love Joel Embiid. Uh, didn't they still lose to the Wizards, right? Um, here's one. A lot of people are going to talk about Dennis Smith Jr., who the first play of the game, they caught an alley-oop. But they lost at home to the Atlanta Hawks. Vegas 
thinks the Hawks will win around 27 games. 27 and a half is over under. In other words, that um, more concerning to me than whether or not Dennis Smith is going to put up numbers, he will, is how bad the Mavericks appear to be. Like, that is not a good Hawks team. Let's get to a game. This is game time. It's game time. On the Doug Gottlieb Show. Uh, game time brought to you by True Car. With True Car, you can find out what other people in your area pay for the same car you're looking for. New or used, visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Dan, what do you got? I got a feeling that we've got some uh, hoops today, but what game are we going to play? Guess who? Oh, okay. We're going to play some guess who. Probably talk about some hoops. Let's uh, start off here, though. Guess who could miss his first career start after doing very little in practice today at quarterback this week. So who could not play on Sunday for the first time in his career because of injury? Uh, who could in not NFL, play yeah. in the NFL first time in their career because of injury? Ooh. Um, hmm. Russell Wilson missed a game before? Uh I'll go Russell Wilson. Nope. Jameis Winston, the Buccaneers ah. quarterback, suffered that shoulder injury last week, sprained a C-joint, did very little at practice today. The portion open to the media saw him throw one pass to a running back in the flat, and that was it. The Buccaneers traveled to face Buffalo on Sunday. Of course, Winston was hurting that loss to Arizona last week. Well, that's not good. Uh, he hasn't been great as of late anyway. But uh, that's not good news for Jameis Winston and just kind of a weird division, right, where uh, I think all of us thought, boy, Carolina has a good record, but they're not that good. And then I thought the Saints stunk, but then they've won three in a row. So maybe they are pretty good. And Atlanta isn't as good as they were last year, but I still think Atlanta's pretty good. Um, And I don't know what to think of Tampa Bay. So what we thought was might be the best division in football is just kind of okay. Guess who, Doug, got booed last night at home in the team's season opening game. Got booed at night last night at home. I hope the Phoenix Suns got booed. <laughs> nope. It was Grizzlies forward Chandler Parsons, and this was Parsons after last night's game. It's tasteless, man. It makes it makes no sense. You know, we're athletes, we're hum- we're human beings, you know. Yeah, I don't know them personally, so it's just it's just a little strange to me, but that's sports. Parsons making $23 million a year at six points in their win over the Pelicans last night. Well, look, he's had he's had all kinds of injuries. Um, and so he hasn't lived up to his contract, I think, is the, is the reason for booing him. But, you know, it's not like he wanted to be hurt. But again, you know, fan is short for fanatic. So, I mean, I, look, nothing in Memphis makes sense. I love Tony Allen. Yeah, I love the Tony Allen story. Tony Allen nearly got kicked out of my alma mater his first weekend there. And he's gone from that to being a signature player in the Grizzlies. They retired his number. Why are you retiring Tony Allen's number? Like, Tony Allen's a really good player. Shouldn't have his number retired. Like, let's stop it for a second. An audio portion of Guess Who, Doug. Guess Who, Clippers head coach Doc Rivers was talking about when he appeared on Rogan and Rodney yesterday on AM570 LA Sports in Los Angeles. And I think everybody's trying to uh, compete with him, but, you know, I, last I checked, it's the players that are trying to compete with him. 
You know, like I didn't play against the Warriors, you did. I just think it's so easy uh, when you leave whatever, or wherever. Coaches do it, players do it. And I, fortunately, I haven't done it yet. Hopefully, I never do it. Uh, to try to put the house on fire when you leave and, and you had nothing to do with it. And you know what I mean? Like, we could have done a better job coaching, and, and players could do a better job playing. It always works out that way. Uh, but no one ever, players, for the most part, never take any fault. The last time we played the Warriors in the playoffs, we beat them. You know, and then the next year, if you think about it, we, we the Oklahoma series, well, we came apart. And the guy that was talking about that was one of the main guys, you know, in the Oklahoma series where we could have won. Who was Doc Rivers alluding to during that 50-second comment? Chris Paul. Yeah. Yes, it was. Any issue with what Doc had to say yesterday about uh, his now former point guard? No, none. Absolutely not. He's being completely accurate. I mean, just the the entire way in which the the, the Clippers story, Clippers saga has been portrayed, I think is 100% off, 100% wrong. Um, I do think it's interesting that Chris Paul decided that they, they you know, they, he'd had enough that they couldn't, they topped out. I just, I don't, I've never liked the fit with Houston Rockets. I just haven't. This whole idea of like, no, no, I can play without the basketball. Like, okay. Like, you don't play at that pace. You don't play without the ball. Uh, James Harden sure as hell doesn't play without the basketball. Like, I don't like it. And you guys were never healthy. You're never healthy. And so we never truly, and that's, I think, what Doc was saying. Uh, it should be pointed out that Doc has left. He did leave the Celtics. Um, but he wasn't wrong. It was the right time to leave. And he got fired from the Magic, but he never burned those houses down. But I, I, don't, I don't find fault with anything Doc Rivers said or the way in which he said it. Chris Paul, of course, didn't play last night in that game against the Sacramento Kings, a game that the Rockets won, and they're now 2-0. and um, Guess who, Doug, is ranked number one in the preseason college basketball coaches poll? I'm going to go with uh, Duke. Yeah. Yes, good, good guess there. 20 out of the 32 first-place votes and the top five very familiar to college basketball fans. Michigan State is second, followed by Kansas, Kentucky, and Arizona rounding out that top five. Yeah, they have uh, Marvin Bagley as their incoming freshman. Uh, he could have been in high school, although he's old. He would have been like a 19-year-old high school. Uh, he'll be the number one pick in the draft. And then, you know, they still have leftovers, guys that stayed behind from, from last season or even from previous seasons, like Grace and Allen, who are back. So this should be a very good team, a very good roster, and they're very good at the point guard position, even though they lost, you know, Luke Kennard and Jason Tatum, Frank Jackson, Emil Jefferson. They lost a lot of dudes, but they got plenty of, plenty of guys back. Final one, Doug. Guess who on the crew once called a timeout on his own in high school basketball because he was tired? Sounds like Ramos. Yeah. <laughs> It was John Ramos, who uh, not the coach calling timeout. It was John Ramos who called it himself. I called a timeout in the NCAA tournament game on my own because I couldn't understand what my coach was saying. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't know it was our last timeout. We were playing Duke in the NCAA tournament in 1998 in uh, Lexington, Kentucky. And he was doing some deal where he's, like, taking his hands as I, like, spread them out. And I didn't know what he was I, I like we don't have a play call like that, and I want to make sure I got it right, so I called timeout. And he was like, "I was just telling you to spread out." Like, we'll just say spread out. Don't see some of your hands. Wait. That's game, huh? Game time. This is game time on the Doug Gottlieb Show.
Calling timeout because you're tired, though. That's a new one. I haven't. You usually you fist out when you're tired, Ramos. And if you take yourself out, you can put yourself back in the game. It was so funny because the referee's like, timeout, St. Francis. And the coach is like, I didn't call timeout. I go, I didn't, coach. I'm tired. I called timeout once, you know, in the Kansas game when I had my shorts backwards. Have you guys seen that video? I called timeout. And that, people accuse me of calling. I don't think I called timeout in that one, but I may have called timeout so I could change my shorts around in the Kansas game. I told you earlier this week, there's always an exception to the rule. Normally, I don't believe in home field advantage in baseball. But one place in baseball is different. And last night proved it and didn't disprove it to me. That's next on the Doug Gottlieb Show. Boom! What up, America? Doug Gottlieb Show. Fox Sports Radio. RJ Bell is going to join us upcoming 20 minutes. We'll get his Big picks for this big weekend. Dodgers trying to eliminate the Cubbies. Um, Ramos, the Houston game is tomorrow. Is that right? Houston and Yankees. Yankees, aren't yes. They go back to Houston. They go back to Houston tomorrow. Of course, Houston's going to start Justin Verlander. And, I mean, he has been incredible, incredible in the playoffs since the last couple starts especially when the proverbial backs are up against the wall. He'll go against Luis Servino. Servino was good last time out uh, for the Yankees. Not as good as Verlander. Uh, but uh, And then if it's Game 7, who knows? Like, literally, who knows? The Yankees, you would think, would start CC Sabathia, but we have no idea who will get the start or who will pitch. I mean, I, maybe Lance McCullers was really, really good, but he hadn't pitched in 17 days. Uh, after pitching a gem the other night. Um, and then maybe they go to Dallas Keuchel some, who wasn't as good last night as he's been, but it should be that would be his throwing day anyway. You know, I used to say um, I don't believe in curses except for Cleveland, right? Because the Indians haven't won a World Series since 48. The Browns are the Browns and... And even the Cavs, when they got to the finals a couple years ago, Kyrie got hurt. Kevin Love had already been hurt. I said, well, I don't believe in curses. And then, of course, they overcame it. But I still, I think there's something about Cleveland to which, like, they can't even, they can't even, uh, what, what is the expression? They, they don't, they, they can't, can't stand good things. Right? Nice things. Can't stand nice things. I don't believe in a home field advantage a lot, in the, or home court advantage a lot in the pros. Like, in the NFL, I think there are some stadiums that you have it, right? Kansas City, you have it, but they lost at home in the playoffs. Denver, you have it. I think altitude's a bigger factor than people give. I also think the dome is a bigger factor, especially because a lot of those dome quarterbacks, most notably Drew Brees and Matt Ryan, they don't have great arms. Pay Manning for a year, not great arms, but it's masked by the fact that it's not affected by the elements. Like, I, you have to understand how good, how incredibly good, not just Brady's arm is, but essentially Aaron Rodgers' arm is in order to be that successful in that type of weather. So um, I don't believe in home field advantage. Like baseball is like, like the advantage in baseball is getting to hit last. Like the advantage is not actually in playing in your home field. But I think Yankee Stadium is different. One, all of these cats are playing now. They all grew up, like we grew up, watching the Yankees play. Now, you have to, you have to remember, okay, that 
that if you grew up in the 80s like I did, you, the, the Yankees weren't anything special. There was literally nothing special about the Yankees. They were a dumpster fire. They were one of these teams. They were kind of like the Lakers have been the past couple of years. Throw money at problems and totally unable to get it together. And obviously Jeter and Posada and Andy Pettit and David Cohn, and Roger Clemens, and now later Alex Rodriguez, like all of those guys had this incredible run. No, most notably Jeter and uh, I forgot Mario Rivera, John Wetland. But Jeter and Rivera, two iconic first ballot Hall of Famers, changed all of that. But see, that's my generation. I'm 41 years old. If you're in your 30s or in your 20s, like you grew up and the Yankees were it. And Yankee Stadium was it. It was the pinnacle, absolute pinnacle. Additionally, keep in mind that um, baseball players don't play in front of vicious crowds like that. First, the crowd, I think, is a little bit more edgy now than it was previously because they're not the arrogant wine and cheese, we win every year crowd. They haven't won in a while. It's been a while since they've won a World Series. This is a more likable team, but a less likable crowd. Like, they are into it because they actually understand it's hard. Once you've been to the, like, now, the like, uh, Fenway used to be a really tough, nasty place to play, and sometimes can be, but they've had so much success, you kind of take it for granted a little bit. There's not the edge. All the Boston teams win. The Celtics have won now. The Patriots keep winning. The Red Sox have won a couple World Series. You don't have that same edge. Yankee Stadium, they haven't won there a bunch. They just haven't. I mean, one World Series title in the last decade, like, that's not that's not a lot for those fans. So there's not the entitled fans. All these guys grew up watching it. And even though it's a new stadium, it's still Yankee Stadium. There's still the Yankee lore. And the last thing is, the, these guys, they're not used to playing in front of these types of environments. One, because regular season baseball is, it's your Kobe, yeah. Be a man, gotta be. It's your Kobe. Like you can hear that while the guy is pitching. Right? You can hear anything. Because people, with the exception where there's two strikes and everybody stands up, you can hear it, you can see it. But Little League Baseball, there's not, unless you played in Williamsport, you're not playing for a big crowd. High school baseball, no, but who, have you ever been to a high school baseball game? Have you? I don't know. I haven't. Since I played high school baseball, I've been. College baseball, SEC a little bit, Big 12 a little bit, College World Series, oh yeah. But outside of that, like, you're not playing for the big crowds. Don't believe me? Here's Dallas Keuchel. New York is no joke. Yankee Stadium is a tough place to play, man. And it was rocking these three games. It's going to be rocking Friday for us. He's right. Houston will be rocking. And remember, the, the Rockets tanked before or, you know, during the tanking of the Philadelphia 76ers. Like, they have, this is the team that bottomed out that, that tanked and, and successful. And it was successful doing it. My frustration point is I didn't pick the guys up. They were looking at me to saddle up and get things going. Seems like they made the necessary adjustments, put the ball in the right spots. When you play at home, things are going to happen. That's why it's hard to win on the road in the playoffs. 
That's also one of the joys of doing your job correctly is visiting player, visiting team against the Yankees. People are always going to have a choice of words for you, so I fully expect that. I, I, Dodger Stadium is Dodger Stadium is beautiful. I hope that the Dodgers win one more game and go to the World Series because I think it will finally get its due. I did not grow up a Dodger fan, but I went to the 88 World Series. I've been to other games at Dodger Stadium. I've been to a bunch of the I've I've probably been to maybe a third of the parks now. Uh I I think it's it's perfection. I mean it's really perfection. The only flaw to Dodger Stadium is that Frank McCourt, the old owner who bought the team on credit and then gave jobs to his kids and then built money from it and then sold it and made a bunch of money is he still owns the parking lots. So he's still going to make money when they have the World Series there. That's the only part. You got a view of downtown L.A. You're in Chavez Ravine. It's, it's just spectacular. Spectacular. They've redone it some over the past couple of years, but it's a, it's a perfect place to watch a baseball game. I even like the fact that uh, they don't do the mixing of classes the way they do in other stadiums. Here's what I mean. Like in Dodger Stadium, there's a different entrance for each different level. Now, you can try and sneak down with the stairwell, but the truth is, like, if you're in the club level or the mezzanine level, you enter on the club level, mezzanine level, because of how the stadium is kind of built into a hill. Whereas other parks, it's kind of like when you board an airplane, right? When you board an airplane, you walk by first class, you're like, oh, wow, first class is nice. Like, nah, you're not in here. It's the same thing in baseball. Right? Like, you walk in, and you're on the field level, and you can see the field and, and see how good the seats are. Like, sorry, sir, you're going to have to go upstairs. Like, oh, Dodger Stadium doesn't do that. You come in on the level that you're going to sit at. But it's not vicious like Yankee Stadium. And there's some hardcore fans there, right? Out, out in the bleachers, it's not Yankee Stadium. Wrigley Field, iconic, historic, magnificent. I went there first day of my honeymoon. My wife, she wanted to see it. It's great. Not Yankee Stadium. Fenway even now, kind of entitled, not Yankee Stadium. And Minute Maid Park, sorry, definitely not Yankee Stadium. R.J. Bell joins the show next. I'll get his uh, latest from Vegas on the on the Packers without Aaron Rodgers. That's next. But first, how would you like to save $700? Would you like to get in the best shape of your life? Sounds too good to be true, right? Well, not if you call 844-837-6443 right now. Frog Pro Training System can be used in your living room, hotel, office. Take it outside. Light your competitive fires while you burn off pounds and tighten and tone every muscle in your body. Since Frog Pro Training System works every major muscle group at the same time, it's like an all-out full-body sprint. And how would you like to have the body of an Olympic sprinter? Frog Fitness is a Houston-based company that was affected by the recent devastating floods from Hurricane Harvey. They've moved thousands of their Frog Pro training systems out of the downtown warehouse. So they got to make room for this new in- in- incoming inventory. And you can be the beneficiary. I use it. Honestly, my kids use it. And it's incredible. It's dynamic. It reshapes your body. It's fantastic. Frog Pro training system works for everyone from elite pros to everyday Joes. you got to call 8 8- Four four eight three seven six four four three. That's eight four three eight three seven six four four three. Or go to Amazon or go to frogfitness.com now. Remember, that's frogfitness.com. With True Car, you can find out what other people in your area pay for the same car you're looking for and on average save over 3000 off MSRP. Whether you're looking for a new or used car, visit True Car and enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Not a great story out of Charlotte in regards to Cam Newton. We'll get to that in moments. 
Uh, you remember the reporter that uh, Cam Newton clowned because well, she's a woman asking about uh, routes? Uh, yeah, she was suspended for a couple weeks for some tweets they dug up, which is just weird. And uh, and wait to hear what Cam Newton did upon her return to uh, covering the team. Get to that after we take it to Vegas. Wait till I give my money right. Are you tired of losing money every week? Yeah, boy. Do you want to be in the know? How about new? Well, we might not know, but Vegas always knows. Vegas! Bring out the bottles. The show is called Straight Out of Vegas. You can hear it tomorrow night, 11 o'clock to midnight Pacific time. Starts one hour earlier on Saturday night, 10 o'clock. That's 1 a.m. Eastern time. If you're driving around, you want some tips for Sunday's NFL games, which is exactly what we do every week with R.J. Bell. His website, he's the founder of pregame.com. You can also tweet at him, at R.J. in Vegas. Uh, R.J., let's let's start with your hometown team. No, not the Raiders. Uh, not yet. The Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, they're coming off a big win to which they finally decided to hand the ball to Le'Veon Bell, and they were successful in doing so, right? They're favored by five and a half over the resurgent Cincinnati Bengals. This is a divisional matchup. Um, where's the smart money? Smart money on Cincinnati here. I think a lot of the public is going to buy into the Steelers here because they think, wait a minute, home field is three, and I'm only having to lay five and a half. That means Pittsburgh's just a smidge better than a Cincinnati team. The first two weeks of the year looked horrible. And I agree. This is a massive amount of respect. When I say I agree, I think this line's a little surprising. I would have guessed six and a half or maybe even seven, but net yards per play. We talk about it, Doug, pretty much every week. Wise guys love that stat. How many yards do you gain every time you snap the ball? How many yards does the opponent gain when they snap the ball against you? That net number tells you so much about a team. It takes out turnovers, which has a bunch of luck. It takes out the pace of the game, which your counting stats with yardage has as a big factor. And it's just how good are you each snap? Cincinnati, the second best team in the NFL. That's hard to believe. Wise guys, though, respect it. Wise guys, smart money on the Bengals. All right. uh, Plus, uh, Pittsburgh and Cincinnati, number one and number two against the pass. Go against two teams with elite uh, a passing account in terms of wide receiving play. All right, let's let's move to New Orleans, a team that I left for absolute dead. They're now three and two on the year, taking on the Green Bay Packers, and no one really knows what to expect from Brent Hundley, um, considering he's been a backup and hasn't played. And then when he got to play last week, he wasn't good. The Saints are favored by five and a half on the road, and traditionally, traditionally, Saints are a bad road team. Who's the sharp money on? The Packers, and I mean big money on the Packers. Now, the listeners are, th- are cringing, thinking, wait a minute, what? Without Rodgers? That's the point. But first, this is one of those, Doug, I take a deep breath and pound my fist because it's so powerful. Right now, Aaron Rodgers, based on Vegas, is the most valuable player in NFL history. The adjustment for his absence is over 10 points in this game there was a line before the uh rogers got hurt for next week's game and now based on the current number over a 10 point adjustment and it makes sense right rogers probably the best quarterback playing today and yeah relatively with his backup hunley is not a 
above average backup, so that relative difference is significant. And also, there's no time in NFL history that quarterback play has meant more than in 2017. Think about Barry Sanders, let's say, in the mid-90s. He might have been worth three or four points, some would say. Today, the best running back, if it's Le'Veon Bell or Elliott, is worth between a half a point and a point. That's it. Why? Because running backs are less valuable. Now, quarterbacks, more valuable. But why then do we like the Packers? Because the public's reacting even more than we think the value is worth. They don't want to bet the Packers without Rodgers. It's, like it's like a haunted house or something. No one wants to buy it. Well, if the house isn't really haunted, that's where the value is. And yeah, it's a real downgrade to Hunley. I don't think as much as it seems. And thus, the wise guys and me like the Pack. That's RJ Bell from pregame.com joining us. The Twitter handle at RJ in Vegas. Let's go to the Cowboys. Uh, they haven't played for the last week. Um, the Ezekiel Elliott thing is 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 kind of a mess, right? They're taking on the San Francisco 49ers, and the Cowboys are favored by six. Remember, the San Francisco 49ers, I believe, isn't C.J. Beathard their quarterback, right? Like, I, I'm not sure how many people are actually paying attention to the San Francisco 49ers. Um, you know, look, road game, but you had a ton of time off for the Cowboys so that they're going to get Sean Lee back, should be fully healthy. D- shouldn't the sharp money be all over the Cowboys? Oh, no. Oh, you know better than that. You're playing devil's advocate, Doug. Wise guys love, in fact, my best bet of the week, 49ers. So here's the logic. One, if you play any ON4 team or worse, so ON4, ON5, ON6, et cetera, 56% in the last 30 years. Why? It's that same popular or unpopular theory. People don't want that losing team. That big zero is like an albatross, and people don't want to play that team. That means they're cheap. Number two, we've never had a winless team that's come so close to winning. The 49ers have had five straight games decided by a field goal or less in which they've lost. First team in history of the NFL to do that. So, to me, it's it, this is a team that feels some enthusiasm, like, hey, we're close, baby. We've got Shanahan. Next year, we're going to have a better quarterback. I think that when you start having horrible teams, Doug, you've got to worry about motivation. Is the locker room lost? I don't think Shanahan's even close to losing this locker room. On the other hand, quickly, I think Dallas being off last week has negative elements to it because of, well, one, Elliott, obviously all those distractions, play or not play. Either way, it's a distraction. But additionally is the whole thing with the anthem and standing up is Jerry Jones made that strong statement. You won't play for me if you kneel. This will be the first game since he made that statement. I don't know if anyone's going to kneel, but I know the players are probably talking about it. Another Cowboy distraction. Love the 49ers plus six. All right. Seattle's taking on the New York Giants. I don't know how the Giants beat the Denver Broncos, but they've had a slightly shortened week uh, and they're taking on a Seattle team that, Finds a way to win games, even though their offensive line hasn't been any good. Uh, give me give me something unique I should consider in this game. All right, here's my question to you. I listen to you on Colin all the time. I listen to your show all the time. I always am screaming. I want to ask you questions because I do very much respect your opinion. Let me ask you this one because you're a college basketball specialist too, obviously. If this was a blind resume situation with Seattle, where would you think Seattle would rank 1-32 to 32 in the NFL? Looking at scores, looking at stats, looking at, you know, blind, not so much the players. Like, I want to see performance. Based on performance, where's the, where is Seattle? Uh, I'd say they played a really difficult schedule to date. Okay. Right? Uh, like, actually, like, if you look like, at Like, I remember you, they, played the, they played the Packers, I remember, to start the season. 
They played the Rams, right? I mean, I think of those as two really good teams. Those are the two I remember. Uh, who else? Uh, if but, you actually look at Jeff Sarigan's numbers, yeah. they have the 31st hardest schedule in the NFL. Oh, that's right. They play the they played the Niners, the Titans, and the Colts as well. Okay, yeah. I, so, so what you're saying is it's hard to compare their stats and how good they are considering they're playing the bottom of the league. Yeah, and and, and that's the thing. Well, no, I'm saying the strength of schedule is bad. Right. But I'm saying they're three and two, so they're, you know, one game above 500. Is their stats are horrible? I mean, if you look at net yards per play, they're not good. I mean, it's just I think this is a team other than their pedigree, Seattle, other than the name. Oh, look, it's Russell Wilson. They're playing average football this year. And but, I'm not but they're playing a Giants team that's just decimated by injury. No, no, I'm not saying play the Giants as much. I just think the main narrative to me, because remember, most most wise guys bet about three NFL games a week. So most of the time they're looking and saying, ah, that's about right, right? Now I'm going to give you a lean because you want to lean, but I'm only playing about three this week. So to me, I'm not so much looking to play either of these teams, but I do think the noteworthy handicap is I'm skeptical of Seattle because I think the pedigree is why people think, you know, Colin had him number uh, three in his power ratings this week. To me, that just doesn't make any sense. I think Seattle's overrated, but you're right. I don't want to play, I don't want to play the Giants either. Doug Gottlieb show Fox Sports Radio. That's uh, RJ Bell. All right, last game. Patriots. They're hosting the Falcons. Rematch of the Super Bowl. Patriots defense hasn't been good, but has been given some time to get get healthier, right? Uh they had some improvements against the Jets. Seem to have simplified some things. And Rob Gronkowski did look good last week. So in a rematch against a team that uh, they also haven't looked as good as they were last year in the Atlanta Falcons, who should we like? You know, I think this is one where, based on the team you like, I'll tell you how to bet it. This is a pro tip. First of all, I think the under-reported or under-discussed element of this game is Sarkeesian as the OC. I think if you look at the second halves, now when do coaches really make their mark? One of the times is adjustments at halftime. Good coaches usually play uh, their teams really well in the second halves. If you look at the offense of Atlanta the last two weeks, last three weeks even in the second half, it's been horrendous. I think Sarkeesian might be a little overmatched X's and O's. Then you remember the psychology of losing so badly in the second half of the Super Bowl, the worst of all time, giving a game away, I think there might be a, a situation where it's in the heads of Atlanta in the second half. On the other hand, if you like Atlanta here, I think you think it's a motivational edge because it's Super Bowl revenge, and usually that is more effective early in a game. So if you like Atlanta, I think play first half. You can actually play games in the first half only, and if you like New England, I think play in the second half because of the lack of adjustments. If I had to play this game, I would lean New England, but I actually like both of those derivative bets are called Atlanta in the first half and actually New England in the second half. The uh, radio show, and it's a good one, it's called Straight Out of Vegas. You can hear it tomorrow night, 11 o'clock Pacific time on Fox Sports Radio. Saturday night, a little bit earlier, 10 o'clock Pacific time. Or go to his site, pregame.com, or visit him on Twitter, at RJ in Vegas. RJ Bell, thanks so much for joining us, man. Thank you, my pleasure. All right, so here's the story um, out of out of Carolina. Jordan Rodriguez, who is the, uh, the reporter who asked him the question to which Cam is like, ha, ha, ha. Well, when females ask questions, remember that deal? So she was suspended for a couple of tweets making what what's like what's being characterized as racist remarks, 
which I actually don't think they are racist remarks. But so she shows back back up at work and Cam Newton bails in his last two press conferences without telling anybody. What about this? Am I, I I couldn't be the only one of things like Cam Newton just does not understand the job requirements of being a starting Cal, a starting quarterback, a franchise quarterback in the national football league. Right. Like I get, he sucked it up and he, he wore all this stuff and quoted all these different, like for, you know, women's rights things and whatever. And then all of a sudden she shows back up at work and he bails in a press conference. He had a bad game. Come on, man. What's up, music? What do you got? Well, I just find it interesting because it's like she comes back and it's almost as if he's saying, well, I don't want to talk to her. You're the one who said the dumb comment. So That's what? funny. To- yeah, so what is it about her being in the workplace that, like, you don't want to talk to her again? And it wasn't even as if this was something that happened off the record and she was like, hey, this happened off the record. I'm going to write a column about it and bring it to light. Like, everyone saw the video. So I don't understand what his personal beef is with her. Uh, the crazy thing is, like, look, this is Twitter's going to get all of us fired, right? Going to get all of us fired, start a fight, make somebody hate you. Um, I, I honestly think her mistake was apologizing for it because then it made it seem like, oh, she did something wrong. In May 2013, that's four years ago, when I believe she was still in college, she tweeted, the earth moves at 450 plus miles per hour. That's 10 times, uh, 10 times triller than NASCAR Dale Earnhardt's expletive. And I'd like to think, like, that's not a racist tweet. Like, there's no, like, there's a racial epitaph, I guess, in there. And like, I, I, you know, white people aren't technically allowed to use that word, but it's not really that word. It's the NIG. It's a different. Dude, what are we doing? We're chasing down some chick's tweets from a couple of years ago. Then she had another one where she said she was enjoying. She had her dad was having racist jokes when they were when they were crossing into Navajo country. We don't even know what they were. And she wasn't saying the jokes, nor did she tweet the jokes. Like, what are we doing? Like, Charlotte Observer, grow some nuts. If you didn't see her tweet, if you didn't, weren't smart enough to go back and check her Twitter account and tell her to delete them or ask them what they're about, or even if they did, if you, somebody is not a racist and they have something to which, like, you shouldn't use that word. Like, okay. Look, I don't use the N-word ever. But I can't tell you that there hasn't been a moment in my life to which I wasn't singing a rap song and I didn't repeat the word. Can't tell you that because it's probably not true. Does that make me a racist? And I can't tell you that at no point in time in my life I haven't laughed at a joke that played up racial stereotypes of my own race or others. Does that make me racist? The answer is no. So the first thing is, why the hell did they suspend her? Like We're so incredibly super sensitive. Like the story is he clowned a female reporter because she used, you know, she was talking about, you know, routes. And he, I told you, I was he a male chauvinist pig. Yeah. But it was, it was more about the, I played, you didn't. 
And then he didn't apologize for like a day and a half. He didn't even really apologize. He just didn't. He was like, if, if I was, if you were offended by it, like, no, 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 that's not how you word it. Now he doesn't show up when she's back at work. Like, I don't understand how she's the bad guy. Let's get you to Dan Byer. Dan, what do you got? We got the lineups in for Game 5 of the National League Championship Series. Dodgers and Cubs will play at 8 o'clock Eastern time. Chris Taylor, of course, going to bat leadoff for the Dodgers, but manning center field tonight. Kike Hernandez is going to take over left field. Charlie Culberson will be the shortstop as the Dodgers face Jose Quintana. The Cubs are going to be facing Dodgers ace Clayton Kershaw, so they've also made changes to their lineup. The lefties go out. That includes Jason Hayward. He's on the bench. Ben Zobrist will start in right field tonight. Dodgers try to close it out again. First pitch just after 8 o'clock Eastern time. Some news from the NBA. Nets guard Jeremy Lin's going to miss the rest of the season after rupturing his patellar tendon in last night's loss to the Pacers. While Draymond Green had that knee injury opening night, well, an MRI on that knee came back negative, but Green is doubtful to play tomorrow against the Pelicans. Pittsburgh Steelers safety Mike Mitchell was fined more than $48,000 for his late hit on Chiefs quarterback Alex Smith. Mitchell has already been fined twice this season for unnecessary roughness. Panthers linebacker Luke Keekley was living in a practice today with a concussion. There's also reports that the Panthers could be concerned with the knee of Calvin Benjamin, something that he has been dealing with. It apparently swelled up after their Week 6 loss to the Philadelphia Eagles. Should be swollen up um what uh, uh, do you go, do, you, you go swelled or swole i think i just said swelled i know do you so. go dived dived or dove dove i do too i do too so well, anyway. i say I broke don't... a lot and my wife is it's broken and i because i say oh that bike is broke she goes that bike is broken the bike is broken yeah there is I, there are there's you uh, i broke she's it. right it, yeah. it, it, it but it is something is broken it's the state of being broken I was broke a lot, you know. I, I know all about that. I can tell you that much. Uh, the uh, Bears will take on the Panthers coming up in week seven. Most broke you've ever been. Oh, gosh. You know, there are a bunch of times I remember years back going to the grocery store, you know, and just hoping that it goes through from your uh, on your credit card or on your uh, bank card. And now you're like, oh, geez, please, groceries, please go through. You know what's funny about, about the bank card, the uh... – uh, the debit card is like my mom. I, I remember my mom used to, you know, keep the, the balance of the checkbook, you know, right. My mm-hmm. dad used to just like write down what, cause he used to go and used to cash checks, right. You go cash a check at a, at a grocery store. That's how, but before the world of the ATM and he would just kind of keep a running tally on the back. Um, does anybody do that anymore? Does anybody, no. cause like, right. You have like online banking and you find out how much you have in the bank every time you go to the ATM anyway. Does anybody actually keep up? Any of you guys keep up with how much money? What, what is it called when you? What, what's it called when you keep up with how balance much money? Balance your checkbook. Balance, you balance a checkbook. I no. used to a long time ago, but not anymore. Does anybody write checks anymore? You ever given somebody a check and like, what is this? You're like, it's a check. What do I do? <laughs> you cash it. That's what you do. You cash it. I, uh, I I still have still have the checking account, but now with online banking, yeah, I know. Back in the day, you would have to get a monthly statement, and that's how you would then see okay this check cleared but you wouldn't know what was happening between the first and the 31st now you could just check whenever you want yeah now you can check whenever you want or you have your wife check whenever you want and uh then you're like wait what happened to all the money she's like i don't know <laughs> um so broke as you've ever been you, you can't remember here's in college so we used to get a scholarship check and i got my dad would give me 400 bucks a month that was his, his deal and uh i would my work for him would be i would coach his aau teams in the summer and so I would do that for him, 
and he would I would get four hundred bucks. That's it. Don't call me for anything else. That was that was a good amount of money considering we had a scholarship. But I would remember a lot of time we'd be down end of the month scholarship check down money down. We're like you go and you got ramen, and you got cans of beans, right? Cans of beans, and you get some cheese, like cheese and beans. That maybe some eggs because eggs were ninety nine cents for a dozen. Right? You could eat eggs two or three meals a day, and then ramen two or three meals a day. And that was a good way to live, right? You could live on that. That's like $5 a day you could live on when you were in college. A lot of water, or you go to the basketball locker room and steal some Powerade. That was what you do. There was nothing like the pressure of that five seconds on whether your card at the grocery store was going to be accepted or declined. Because there's so many levels to it. Not only are you broke, but then you look stupid because you don't know how much money you actually have or are charging. And, uh, yeah, there have been a few of those instances back in the day. I also, when my, when uh, – my, my dad was an assistant coach at, at Long Beach State, and when he got fired, they let him keep his his car because they had turned over, the mileage had turned over twice because back then you used to get in your car and go recruit guys and you go all around the country. And um, he had a problem with the starter, and I don't know if you remember, and I don't know if you, I guess you could still do this if you have a stick shift, right? We could jumpstart a car. And we were to the point to which, I don't think he just had the money to get this car fixed. And so we would push start the car every day, but occasionally, and I don't know if it was, was he wasn't driving a stick ride or what, but occasionally it would peter out. And so you would just hope that when he would stop at your school to drop <laughs> you off for school, like, please, 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 please keep the car running so that it doesn't, so I don't have to push start the car <laughs> in front of my school. It's a true story. It's kind of like Wheel of Fortune or mm-hmm. musical chairs. You just hope it just keeps on going. Mark Cuban has some interesting thoughts on the draft lottery reform. I'll share that with you. Plus, who's the best quarterback in college football? I'll tell you next. Here's the select quote difference. Most companies give you one option, one policy, one rate, but select quote gives you options, lots of options. I want you to give select quote a call at 800-881-4466 or go to selectquote.com today for a totally free personal quote. And that she never will. And I'll again. Uh, yes, I have to wait until then. Doug Gottlieb Show. Fox Sports Radio. Mark Cuban's got ideas. Mark Cuban's like, um, what's the what's the movie with John Travolta? It's actually pretty good. Uh, where he's kind of the average guy who has the brain tumor. And uh, it's got that. Uh, I can change the world phenomenon I, phenomenon that's the have you seen phenomenon music nope <laughs> phenomenon's a good movie phenomenon's a good movie it'd be a good uh, date night movie um uh, would you it'd be good it's a good date night movie wouldn't you say yeah it's, it's, not, a, it's not a it's not a rom-com it's actually just a good movie um what is the what's the female lead in that andy uh andy mcdowell andy mcdowell right yeah. andy mcdowell she's cute um so, okay, anyway, uh, I hate to ruin the movie for you, but I'm going to ruin the movie slightly for you. So he's like regular average Joe guy, and he has a brain tumor. And because of the brain tumor, it actually unlocks his brain to where all of a sudden he is just, he, he's like a sponge just soaking up information, and it makes him into a genius. But he can't sleep, and he can't function. And there's a scene where he walks into a bar and um, 
he has he he basically tells everybody that that like it's too much for him and he even shows the postal worker like how in the middle of the night he retraced uh his postal route and the parking lot for the bar both could be more efficient if you just followed this chart right he's like i got all these i got ideas everywhere right it's the it's one of the things that's crazy about genius is like you, sometimes you can't turn genius off like smart people are really off-putting to average-brained people because they are smart and been told they're smart and they just get ideas and they, they don't mean anything by trying to fix your life, but they try and fix your life. Well, you know what you should do? My mom does this. My mom is very bright, very well-read. And so she'll offer up suggestions to me all the time. Like, I got it, right? Like, I got it, got it. I appreciate it, I got it. And I, I maybe to somebody else that it might set them out to me. It's my mom caring enough about my life, but it's, I think it's because of intelligence. That's what's happened with Mark Cuban. Like we'd all agree. Mark Cuban, smart guy, right? Like nobody's going to, oh, he's a dope. He's not one of these guys. that like, uh, he born into a bunch of money, you know, born on third base and thought he hit a triple. He's a pretty bright guy. So, Remember, lottery reform was passed 28-1-1 and with the Oklahoma City Thunder, the lone team, voting against it. The NBA needed only 23 of 30 teams to pass the legislation. Quote, the team with the worst record gets the most money and the team with the best record gets the least money. He thinks there should be a pool, a salary pool, instead of having a draft order, right? Instead of having a lottery of any kind. He proposes a completely different idea. There are so many flaws to this new idea, and I'm sure some strengths to it. Now, the sudden, it's close to the end of the season. You're going to see teams play as hard as they can because if they end up with the worst record, they don't want to get the best pick. You basically eliminate them from getting the best player. Everybody else would just uh, be the way it is now. Right? He said that's one of his other ideas, where the team with the worst record would get the third or the fourth slot, forcing teams to avoid being at the bottom. The problem with that is how many times have we seen the team with the worst record, like the Philadelphia 76ers, not actually get the best draft pick? The truth is that the NBA lottery worked. And now we're throwing it into flux where it might not work. It just might not work. But I love that Mark Cuban has ideas. What if we had a, a pool of money and the worst team gets the most money and the, the, the best team gets the least money? And what if it might be a more efficient idea? But at some point, it's Mark Cuban, who's very, very bright, staying up at night, worrying about a problem that doesn't really have any effect on him. He tried to tank last year, got an early lottery pick, took Dennis Smith, and we'll see if they're any good. But losing at home to Atlanta Hawks tells me they're going to be in the in the lottery again this year. And now. Uh, Chris Sims is a friend of mine. He was on the Dan Patrick show earlier today. He's a Bleacher Report college football analyst. He had this to say about who he thinks is the best quarterback in college football. Best quarterback in college football today is? Oof. The one all right, so not pro. What, I'm going to no, say no, no, no. Just best quarterback. I'm going with Baker Mayfield. If yeah. you have to win a game right now, yeah, the quarterback you want is Baker Mayfield. I'm going with Baker Mayfield. I am. I think just his uh, 
you know, his moxie, the way he just – he seems to thrive under the lights. He's a very good athlete, and he has a legit NFL arm. I mean, uh, I've, I've made some comparisons. I think he's very Russell Wilson-ish uh, in his play and the way he does it. Yeah, I really do. I think he's a guy that's going to be – when draft time comes around, I think people are going to go, ooh, this kid's a little bit more talented and better than uh, you, you expect. And so when you, when you see him on film, you go, man, those are legit throws. Um, the the problem with the Baker Mayfield thing is I do think that we're taking that Ohio State film and we're taking some of the – he was not good this weekend against Texas. Now, I know Chris watched it. Chris, being a former Texas quarterback, he watched it. But by my own eyes and by other people's accounts, they all said the same thing. I, I also think that we're going to have to – we're going to have to rethink this about Baker Mayfield. Uh, this is a little bit like the Josh Hart argument. Josh Hart is uh, plays for the Lakers. He's a first-round pick of the Lakers. I don't think he should have been a first-round pick. I'm not sure if he hadn't been a first-round pick, if he would be even be a pro. He has all the intangibles you could ever want. He plays really hard. But you know what he's not? Not ever going to be an NBA starter on a good team. He's not. But what happened was, not only was he a tremendous college player, but he totally knew the system offensively, defensively, where to be, all the different tricks to it, which is what you got with Baker Mayfield. Right? Like he's playing with a good, a rebuilt offensive line and sure new wide receiving core, but he has complete command and control of that offense. Great relationship with his head coach. He knows everything they're doing. And because he has all this age experience, he's been in college for five years, quarterback for three years at Oklahoma, four years in the big 12. Like none of this stuff is new to him. And so to compare that with, Sam Darnold, who's only now started one complete year. Josh Rosen, who missed most of last year with an injury. I mean, imagine what they would look like after three years of starting at the same school, four years of starting overall. So I like Baker Mayfield a lot, but I do think we may be taking the plays he's making in college a little bit too seriously as him being a pro. What's up, the fuck? We'll see. They still have TCU to play. They still have Oklahoma State to play. I'm sure he'll get a chance to make some of those plays. World Series champion Nick Swisher is going to join the show upcoming next. I'll ask him if he thinks the Dodgers will finish off the Cubs tonight. Um, Fascinated by that. And I want to ask him about playing in Yankee Stadium. Seems to have shaken these Astros up. Hasn't it? Hasn't it? And are the Astros dead? We'll find out next in the Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. What up? It's the Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. You know, uh, I I think baseball is cute, right? Baseball is cute. It's like they're like holding on to the past, which is awesome. And they want to fight like the future, right? Like, look, we want to pick up the pace of the game, but it's still baseball. There's no time limit on it, right? Field's still the same. Uniform's still the same. A lot of historical references. Last one to give in to replay. But uh, in back-to-back days, we have had a replay debacle. And and one of the things is it comes down to how dumb one of the Oldest rules in the baseball book actually is. Which is uh, this whole idea of appealing to another umpire. 
just the, the first part about it is no one umpire should be making all of these decisions to begin with. Right? Like you can appeal safer out. You can appeal if somebody tagged up, but you can't appeal a ball or a strike. You ever notice that? And you can ask for replay on safer out, replay on a home run, but not replay on a drop third strike. Huh? Huh? Now, look, some of this is, uh, it's a little bit like the criminal justice system. Sometimes the city does not have jurisdiction on county land. Sometimes the county does not have jurisdiction in city, right? State, federal offenses are different than state and local offenses, but at some point, like, we all kind of got to work together. I just, I don't understand. It's amazing to me how it, this it's like a court of law when you have evidence that was not admissible. Right? Well, there's evidence that's not admissible, so we can't. This is not a court of law. It's sports. Last night in the uh, eighth inning, the Dodgers hit a solo home run. Justin Turner hit a home run and hadn't landed yet. What a rocket. Off of Wade Davis. Davis puts a runner on base. And Curtis Granderson is up with one out. So Curtis Granderson's up with just one out. And on a one-two count, Granderson swings and misses. And that was a Contreras. Drops the ball. Drops the ball on a third strike. And Granderson, kind of like, it reminded me of, remember when A.J. Brzezinski drop the third strike against the Angels, only pretend like he didn't drop the third strike against the Angels. Anyway, Curtis Granderson, kind of the okey-doke, was like, no, 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 I didn't strike out. It was a foul tip. And everybody's looking around at first like, yeah, I don't think he foul tipped it. So what do they do? They appeal. Because the only thing more accurate than a guy who's actually right behind the plate and calls strike three is a guy who's all the way down, 90 feet down the third baseline, Eric Gregg, who clearly has a better vantage point than somebody who is, I don't know, 36 inches away from the from the swing and miss. Take a listen. Oh, my goodness. Did he just call it a foul ball? Oh, he wow. did. That's, he just called it a foul ball. That's ridiculous. Can't change it. That is shocking. Eric Cooper has come in, apparently, and overruled Jim Wolf. And Joe Madden is beside himself. Joe Madden was sitting there. The worst part about the Joe Madden thing was he was like, "Look, just, just look at the replay." Like, well, we don't do the replay on this. No, no, look at the jumbotron. It is obvious. Just look at it. Like, I don't want to look at it. Look at it. I don't want to look at it. This is like, you ever gotten one of those math books when there's the, the answers in the back? And you're like, I don't, I don't want to look at the answer. Yeah, but like, look, in math, it's not as much about the answer as, as is about how you solve the problem, right? Like, I don't want to look at the answers. Okay, I do. I'd prefer if you got it right. And so while I hate how long it takes for these replays, like the replays should not take that long. Replays not take that long. I love when they go back to New York and there's somebody, there's 
some somebody who's sitting there staring at the TV camera, and it's really easy. You look at it two or three times, you don't get it. Either do all replay or do no replay. You can't go halfway. That's the problem with NFL overtime. Remember NFL overtime forever? It was sudden death. First one to get a score. They're like, whoa, whoa, sudden death is just not fair. So now, if you score a touchdown, the game is over. That is sudden death. But if you score a field goal, not sudden death. Wait, what? Somehow that, that, no, what that is is saying we don't want the game to end on a field goal. But wait a second. Hold on, there's more. If you miss a field goal and the other team gets it and they march down and make a field goal, the game does end on a field goal. So your field goal, not worthy of winning a game. But their field goal is worthy of winning a game. Unless you score a touchdown to which they can, their field goal will never exist. Make sense? Of course not. It's because you're trying to please both sides. You can't please both sides. Not in this particular case. We try to make everybody happy. You make nobody happy. Nobody happy. And I don't think anybody was happy with last night. Right? I did think it was interesting. With, yeah, yes, Ramos. I'm sorry, your hand well, shut up. There. Well, you don't have a problem with them, like, meeting about it. The problem was them overturning the rule. Because I heard him the, say in the, the, in the thing, like, oh, you can't overturn that. Like, Yeah, they can overturn it. But the, the problem wasn't with them meeting. I actually like the idea yeah, of meeting. Yeah, I agree with it, too. I actually, my problem is, like, I understand you're not supposed to use replay, but you could just look over and go, like, hey, fellas, we're going to look really bad if we don't <laughs> peek at that replay. Look up. You know? I mean, isn't the idea to get it right? Like, that's the whole reason. The whole reason that you you bring in your first base, third base, second base umpire is to get it right. And if you got a pretty clear advantage of it, you're like, oh, okay, well, that's settled. We got it right. Yes. I just, I don't understand what was the conversation in that meeting. Because conversation was, I think he hit it. Yeah. I but, didn't hear it. But, but yeah, exactly. What, how does couldn't someone. Tell. Probably, you know, it's probably I couldn't tell. Right, Probably so I the home tell. the home plate, home plate umpire was like, I couldn't tell. I couldn't tell, and yeah. then he appealed, and the guy says, I think he, because that's what's so weird. Is there the was way- a guy in that, there was a guy, Eric Gregg's in there going, I saw heard it. it, I saw yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. That's what's so weird about there that wasn't, situation. Here's the crazy thing about, like, umpires and referees is, like, none of them are willing to go, like, hey, Eric, did you see the replay? Nope, didn't need to see it, saw it live. Like, okay, Eric, listen, right now behind us, there's a replay. Like, look, I'm just going to smile. I'm going to do the ventriloquist thing, okay? I'm just going to smile and nod my head, okay? And I want you to smile and nod your head, and you can point and do a bunch of other stuff. But look, right behind me, behind me there's a replay playing. And on the replay, Curtis Granderson did not hit the baseball. Didn't touch it. Swung, missed. Bad. Okay? Not only um, does everybody in the stadium know we're going to blow this call because you, you might have thought he hit it, but the millions of people watching worldwide see the replay that you're not looking at, nor are you technically allowed to look at. So I, I understand you think you got this one right, but you don't have this one right. Yes, Ramos. And I also think it was one of the very, very few times I've ever seen Twitter where everybody was together, where everybody was like, yeah, he didn't, he didn't hit that ball. And even I said it, and a Dodger fan, I'm like, that is, a, that is a horrible call. And you usually don't see that. Usually if this ball is played, the guy's like, yeah, I hit the line. Or, yeah, it was fair. I think it was fair. But then you were proven wrong. Their Twitter was just, Dodger fans. Everybody was like, yeah, that's, that's not good. 
Yeah, it was not great. It was not great. Do you think we have a series there? I do not. I don't either. But the Cubs Kershaw, fans do. Kershaw going tonight is big. This is a big for Kershaw. Like, if Kershaw can go, and he has not pitched well yet in the playoffs. Kershaw goes out tonight and has a Kershaw game. You're like, all right, here we go. Now you feel real. This is this should be a feel-good game. I don't, I'm not convinced the Yankees have that series sewn up either, right? Like, up three games, two after being down, two games none. I think Verlander wins game six. Game seven's going to be wild. Toss-up. Total toss-up. And I can I can just tell you this: our bosses at Fox TV are all wearing Yankee jerseys. <laughs> like the Dodgers are, the Dodgers are good. The Cubs are a better draw than the Dodgers. The Dodgers are fine. The difference in the Yankees and the Astros. Oh my gosh! Like okay, let me let me let me pitch it to you right now. Tonight, Game One: Yankees, Dodgers, Chavez Ravine, Kershaw. Versus CC Sabathia, or I, mean, I can understand it's Justin Verlander, but the Houston Astros, who a lot of people are like, wait, they're in the National League. No, they're not. Does Nolan Ryan still pitch for the Houston Astros? No, he does not. What about Mike Scott? No. Do they wear those old uniforms? Uh-uh. The Astros would be a ratings disaster. And they got a really good team. That's not hitting. Not hitting at all. Their bats need hats. With TrueCar, you can find out what other people in your area pay for the same car you're looking for. New or used, visit TrueCar to enjoy more confident car buying experience. Reggie Bush joins the show upcoming next. I'll get his thoughts on Saquon Barkley and Notre Dame USC. Wonder who he's taking next in the Doug Gottlieb Show. With True Car, you can find out what other people in your area pay for the same car you're looking for and on average save over 3000 off MSRP. Whether you're looking for a new or used car, visit True Car and enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Mm, 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 mm. It's funny, people freak out about uh, college football ratings being down. Like, oh, college football ratings down, college football. Like, like, look, SEC on CBS is down because the SEC has been bad and the games haven't been good. It's really hard for me to get, get geeked up about watching, like, Alabama, Tennessee this week. Sorry, like, don't care. Alabama is like a 34-point favorite or something. Like, it's a bad game. Um, Alabama doesn't play Georgia this year. So that won't be to the SEC championship game. So Alabama, Auburn will rank right well. But, I mean, give me the game that I was supposed to. Like, you just, fans are smart. We just haven't had great games. This weekend we have two good ones. Now, what's crazy about it is the two best games are at the same time. USC, Notre Dame, 430, uh, 4.30 West Coast. There's 7.30 night game, right? And the other one's Penn State, Michigan, same time. I have never been to Penn State. I have been to Notre Dame, obviously. I went to Notre Dame for a year. And on my visit, I, I was visited during a Michigan game. It's incredible. I mean, it's truly incredible place to watch a football game. Um, but it's fascinating to me because so many left, left Notre Dame for dead. And I think people are doing the same for Michigan. I really do. 
I think Saquon Barkley is terrific. They're nine and a half point favorites over Michigan, a team whose defense up until last week hadn't allowed a point in the fourth quarter. Obviously, Indiana down, I think, uh, 10 or 14 in the fourth quarter, came back, tied it, then lost in overtime. But uh, there'll be uh, there are other interesting games, but two games on at the same time. That's a that's a two TV night. Plus, we have baseball that night too, don't we? Well, we have Saturday Saturday night. We could have Dodgers. Could right? be game. It would be game six if there so was. If the Dodgers yeah. lose tonight, that'll be game six. And would that be um, probably a five o'clock at Dodger Stadium start? Not a one o'clock. That'd be too early, I think. Probably be a five o'clock start at Dodger Stadium. Uh yeah, yeah. I got to go to the World Series. My my son kind of he. <laughs> Because I told him the story about how I didn't go to game one. I went to game two. My buddy, uh, a kid who played on our AU team, had tickets, had season seats. So they had game tickets. So they game one they went to. Of course, game one was Kirk Gibson. I don't believe what I just saw. I don't believe what I just saw. That was Jack Buck said that. And then uh, Vin, Vin Scully, you remember what Vin Scully said during the 88 home run? You guys remember it? Anything? Ramos? In a season of improbables, something like the that. The impossible yeah. just right. happened, or we, uh, yeah, the, the impossible. Kirk Gibson gave us the impossible or whatever. Like, there were two unbelievable play-by-play calls on the exact same play from two iconic play-by-play men. So, um, I went to game two, which was Oral Hershiser, who I think it was, it was like 56-inning Scoreless streak that I year? think it was 59 sure. because he beat Don Drysdale's record well, at that who, time. Which was 56 50, or something? Yeah, 58, 58. Yeah. So uh, Oral Hershiser had, as the all-time scoreless innings streak was that year, and he just completely shut down the A's. And honestly, game one was, you guys like Rocky movies? Yes. Favorite Rocky movie is which one? Rocky Three. Okay, Rocky Three is which one? Clever Lang. Uh-huh. Mr. T. Uh, prediction, Clubber? You make predictions? What's his prediction? Pain. Pain. My prediction, pain. Rocky Four was hokey. Rocky Four was the height of the Cold War, but Rocky Four gave us the moment to which Drago was cut. R- Ryan Music, tell me you've seen Rocky Four. I don't think I've seen Rocky Four. This is what I'm dealing with. The, mille- <laughs> the millennials, this is, this man. Is the millennials. No, well, she's a millennial. She right? has no idea what, huh? She has no Shelby, idea. I Shelby, our our has Shelby. Please tell me that Shelby is our intern. Shelby, have you seen Rocky Four? Yeah. Oh, she's seen Rocky Four. She's seen all of them. All of them. She said all of them. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Even Ro- Rocky Five was bad. <laughs> bad. Bad. Um. Rocky Four was um, uh, again. I guess I have to explain this to Ryan. I, I, again, I'm I all ears. Take, can't take for granted. So uh, we do have Rock- listeners who haven't seen Rocky. Rocky was. Rocky was retired. Right? He was retired. Or he's still no, he's still the champion. He wasn't retired, but he was like acting was like, you know, back in the eighties, you know, when the guy's like retired, you know? And his but his trainer was his former rival. Right? Rocky three. Well, Rocky I mean, one and Rocky two. And he was Apollo, his trainer yeah. in three. So Apollo Apollo decides to have a uh what was it, a exhibition fight against this Russian fighter named Ivan Drago. Um, which, what great casting that was, wasn't it? It's really good casting. Dolph Lundgren. Dolph Lundgren. Yeah. Blonde hair, flat top, like great looking flat top, huge. Anyway, 
Dolph Lundgren's character, and sorry to be the spoiler, he kills him in the ring, right? And, of course, they threw in, like, all the classic Russian things, including he's taking steroids at the time. Like, did they need to do Did they need to do the steroids? Do we need to like him any less? Right? He was, like, he was bigger. He was stronger. He was Russian. It was the Cold War. And he's on steroids, right? Like, they had to point that out. So Rocky decides he's going to fight on Christmas Day, wasn't it? On Christmas Day in Moscow, height of the Cold War. And he goes to he goes uh, he goes to uh, to to Russia somewhere in the middle of Russia to train grows a beard hike you know like climbs up this snow filled mountain stands up top oh right they get into the ring they start fighting <laughs> they start fighting and like he punches him and it's like when if my son was to punch me like no effect on him at all. No effect on him at all. And eventually, they get into a scruff. Rocky lands a punch. And the, and the Russian is cut. And it was Stu Lance was on the call, wasn't it? I thought it was um, uh, Stu Nahan. Stu Nahan. Right. Sorry, Stu Nahan. Who, it's, it, what's funny about the Rocky movies is, like, instead of having, like, Jim Lampley call, like, Stu Nahan, I don't think Stu Nahan really called boxing. But he, Stu Nahan's like a legend in L.A., and it's a Hollywood movie. And so Stu Nahan's like, he's cut! The Russians cut! This, by the way, is the music that was played before Apollo. Apollo's dancing around with the, with the, uh, with the trunks, with the red, white, and blue trunks. The hat. He had the, red, the hat on. And, and they had the hardest working man in show business singing live, didn't he? Ha! 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 Live in here! Ha! Yeah, good guy. Anyway, so Ramos, you got me completely. I'm so into this telling the story of Rocky. <laughs> I know Ford. you are. This That's is like I the pitch meeting. Got the music here. So, Ryan, here's what you need to know: the Russian was unbeatable, and suddenly in the ring, and I don't think it was the first round. I think it was like the third round. The Russian was cut. He was bleeding, proving that he was human. Oh, so human. He was human, and you know, of course, they go back to their corners. He's like. Look, he's cut. He is a. He's just a man. He's. You know what they said? He's just a man. Polly, Polly, <laughs> yeah. Polly, you know, great casting. Polly, look, he's just a man. He bleeds like you and me. That's what happened in '88 when they hit Eckersley. That's what happened. He's just a man. And so game two kind of sucked. Um. So I, I've mentioned this time and again to my son that last time they went was Gibson. Last time they went, I went. His grandpa was no longer with us, took him. So he's like, so we're going, right? Now, here's where my I have raised a complete seat snob. We did go to one Yankee Stadium, one game of Yankee Stadium in the fourth deck. And I complained the whole time. But for the most part, we only go when we got good seats. And my boy Matt Holliday used to always hook us up when he'd come and play against the Padres. And if you've ever been to Petco, Ramos, you know those seats in Petco that are right next to the dugout? There's like a couple that literally right next to the dugout where you can see in, talk to the players in the dugout. I've seen him. I was up for the Home Run Derby like really high uh, last year. So my son says, hey, Dad, can we go to the World Series if the Dodgers close this thing out? Yes. Can we sit right next to the dugout? No. (laughs) 
like the uh, son, the the uh, World Series is kind of just about being there. Like you're probably not going to have good seats. So, uh, all right, let's. Uh, uh, this World Series discussion brought to you by True Car. You can find out what other people in your area pay for the same car you're looking for. New or used, visit True Car. Enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Byer, did you go to the last World Series? Um, I haven't been to a World Series in 10 years. What so World Series was that? That was Phillies Rays in Philadelphia. So, covered a couple of them for work. So, that's 07 Phillies and 08. Rays? Yeah. Wow, that is a bad one. That's <laughs> one that, like, that's like, hey, I once paid money to go see Weekend at Bernie's 2. And I feel bad even telling people about that. That was also the World Series where the game was called in the sixth inning. And we had to come back. It was actually the next day was rained out. And then, so we're still in Philadelphia. They played a, what, two and a half, three innings. And then the game was over. So it was really weird because they just resumed the game in the sixth inning a couple of nights later. But, that is weird. Yeah. Uh, tonight, we'll find out if the Dodgers can make it to their first World Series since 1988. They're taking on the Cubs, 8 o'clock Eastern time. Dodgers up 3-1 in the series. Book played Kershaw on the hill. Jose Quintana throws for the Cubs. In the NFL, Steelers safety Mike Mitchell find more than 48 grand for his late hit on Chiefs quarterback Alex Smith. Smith and the Chiefs tonight in Oakland to face the Raiders at 825 Eastern time. No practice again today for Vikings wideout Stephon Diggs. Still dealing with that groin injury. It cost him last week against Green Bay. Panthers linebacker Luke Keekley limited in practice today with a concussion. And Doug Nets guard Jeremy Lin going to miss the rest of the season after rupturing his patellar tendon in last night's loss to the Pacers. Fire, do you remember watching the uh, the Bush Push? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I can remember that for Where sure. Where were you? Um, I think I was actually working here at Fox Sports Radio because I uh, worked on Sundays during the or Saturdays during that time. I did I worked on I worked on Sundays there, but it, but it was on it was on a Saturday. It was October yep. 5th, October fifteenth. So uh we're talking about twelve years ago. Excuse me, um uh yeah. Yeah, twelve years ago. Twelve years ago. Uh, to the, what, like, to the week since the Bush push. Of course, uh, that was Reggie Bush's, one, one of the great moments in Reggie Bush's star-studded career at USC. He's kind of to spend some time with us here on the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. Reggie, what do you remember about about that game? Oh, man. Uh, can you guys hear me? Yeah. Okay. Um, I remember, you know, that was a, such a great game. Sorry, I'm on my I'm on my phone and I've just been having a lot of problems since this Apple update. So uh, me too, um, Reggie. Like I woke up. This is the worst thing. Like <laughs> I woke up, and um, and I I you know like I normally I have a like things I do on my phone every day, and the Apple update yeah. is cool, but things are like not running properly. So I'm not the only one. This is not just yeah. a me problem. This is an this is an Apple problem. Yeah, my phone is going crazy, man. It's like sometimes I have to restart my phone just to call somebody. So, anyways, uh, back to the, the game, though. Um, it was such an uh, amazing opportunity and experience to be able to play in that game. Um, obviously, Notre Dame Stadium is, you know, it's a historical place to play, and that rivalry, you know, goes back for many years. So, I just remember that game being a dogfight. It, it was a slugfest. Um, you know, everything leading up to the game, uh, you know, was amazing, and, and, and the game lived up to the hype. Um, you know, so – I just remember, uh, obviously, the, the final seconds of that game, uh, the fourth and nine play that Matt, you know, throwing the ball to Dwayne Jarrett, and I actually thought he was a touchdown. Um, and then, and then, fast forwarding to the the goal line, the, you know, the push into the end zone and coming out with the win, 
ultimate victory uh, was, you know, was amazing. I just remember at the end of the game, that was one of the most – I've never been more exhausted after a football game than that game. What was that? I, that had to be the only game you trailed at the half, right? I remember Matt threw an interception. You had a big drive before halftime, and Matt threw an interception, and so you went. You were down at the half. Um, do you, like do you remember the locker room? Do you remember like the little like we all remember yeah. the Bush push. We all remember the big plays. Yeah. But what what about the locker room? What was that like? I remember after the game, everybody in the locker room was just hugging. Everybody was was you could see on everybody's face was just emotionally drained, physically drained, and everybody was just kind of in awe that we were able to come back and win that game. I remember guys just still couldn't believe it. I remember at the end of the the locker room, guys were like, I think I just was a part of one of the greatest games ever. Um, You know, some guys were in tears. Um, You know, it was an extremely emotional game. You know, I remember before the game, um, when we pulled up to the stadium, because we always went to Notre Dame two days before, uh, we pulled up right in the middle of the pep rally of, for Notre Dame, you know. So they were in their pep rally, uh, and as soon as their, our bus pulled up, the whole fan, the sea of, all their fans, the sea of green, just rushed our bus and started shaking our bus. So, you know, from that point on, we knew it was business, and we knew that uh, we had to lean on each other more than ever to come out with the win. Reggie Bush joining us on the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. What's your sense of this Trojan team, right? Like they, uh, as much as they only have one loss on the year, there have been a lot of close calls to which Sam Darnold has had to bail him out. And and he's, look, he's done so. I mean, look, with the exception of the Wazoo fumble, uh, which, you know, probably technically isn't his fault, although he did fumble the football, like he's been able to bail them out. Like, are they really that good, or does he just have that special something that makes them better than they actually are? Well, I like what Sam Donald brings um, to the team. Um, obviously, his athletic ability alone uh, makes him special. And I think, you know, we have a good team. I love our running backs. Our running game is strong. Uh, I think we've got to use them a little bit more. Uh, but that's going to be, you know, on the coaches. to, I think, to, you know, because Sam Donald is still young. He's a great quarterback. He's very athletic, but you can tell he's still learning. You know, there's some passes that he's tried to force in there, force the issue when he hasn't had to. Uh, But I think, you know, the coaching staff can do a better job by just maybe taking some of the pressure off of him to throw the ball as much, run the ball, pound the run. Obviously, you know, I'm a little biased because I'm a running back, but we have two great running backs. We have a great offensive line. So take some of that pressure off of Sam Darnold uh, with his arm, you know, maybe give him some easy stuff. Uh, to get the ball out of his hands quick, some bootlegs, some naked, uh, some screens, some quick throws, and then as the game progresses, allow him to stretch the ball down the field, which you know, I've seen him make some throws that I've played with quarterbacks that I know couldn't make some of those throws down the field. So, um, you know, it'll be interesting to see what happens this week. It's going to be a tough game for us. Do you want to name those quarterbacks that they, that I can't make those throws down the field? <laughs> No, but you can just look at the teams I played on, and you can probably figure it out. Dude, were you going with a sweater yesterday on TV? Like, you're in L.A. Like, is the studio that cold that you had to go sweater? <laughs> no, you know what? It's, um, I kind of was just going for the look. Um, you know, it was actually hot as hell outside. I so know! As soon as I got out. <laughs> I left right before you, I left right before you got there, and I was like, wait, Reggie's in a sweater? Like, wow, is he... <laughs> Like maybe he just swole up and he's just it, it you know like he, he didn't want to look swole. I didn't I didn't know I yeah. didn't know and it was like a it was like a really wintry sweater. It's ninety degrees know, in L.A., dude. I, 
I, you know, and I, I could have used it this past weekend, and uh, I was at the Minnesota Green Bay game doing some post-game analysis for that, and it was in the 40s. I couldn't believe it. It was already in the 40s in Minnesota. Yeah. And, that, that, and then I landed back in L.A., and it's like in the 90s, 80s, 90s. But you know, that's the great part about California. Yeah, you, you played in Buffalo. What's, for, for a San Diego dude to play in, in Buffalo, that's got to be – Oh, yeah. Like, you got to be like, this is – one, I'm playing for the Bills, and two, it is cold, cold as balls out here. This is this is as bad <laughs> as it gets, right? <laughs> I mean, listen, I, I I'm okay with playing in the cold, but the practicing part in the cold—that's like, I mean, come on, like we got an indoor facility for a reason. Like, uh, let's use it. Like, uh, I, I, I actually, I got, I got a good one. I'll share with you. So my freshman year, I went to Notre Dame. Okay, and I was like, I'd always played on good basketball teams. And I'd never struggled in school, and our basketball team sucked, and I was like, the school there was hard. <laughs> I, and I remember yeah. it was I was walking home from practice one night, and I had all this stuff on, right? Like you get your backpack, and you get your hoop bag, and you get like a beanie yeah. on your gloves, and you're still cold, and the wind's blowing, yeah. <laughs> and I slipped on the ice and I fell, and I was like that. I'm like laying there, and I was like, you know what? If I died right here, no one would even know because it's so cold. I can't even. <laughs> I can't even yell. I'm too cold to even yell. And it was at that moment it was like, I can't do this. I just can't do this anymore. Um, I, I want to still. I want to get a couple of your thoughts on Green Bay. You've seen Hundley a lot from his time at UCLA. You saw him this past weekend. Like, look, I understand he wasn't expecting to play, but please tell me he can be better than he was Sunday. I hope that he can be better Sunday. Sorry, can you guys still hear me? Yeah, we're good. Okay. Um, yeah, I hope that he can be better than Sunday. And then also, yeah, you know, listen, the way he got thrown into the game, um, you know, obviously I'm sure he wasn't expecting that. You know, Aaron Rodgers is great, and, you know, he, he's usually pretty healthy throughout the season. He's had some bumps and bruises here and there. But, um, you know, listen, he got thrown into a game, which listen, that game had a lot of meaning to it, right? Like it's a divisional opponent. Um you know, the, the Packers were 4-1, looking to go 5-1 and stay at the top of the division. And then, obviously, with, you know, Coach Zimmerman and the defense that he runs, you know, they do a great job at confusing you. They, You know, they run a lot of different packages. As you saw, they had a lot of sacks in that game uh, because just Hundley wasn't ready for that. You know, you could see it on his eyes. You know, I, I remember even uh, looking across the football field from the sideline, and there was that one point where he had his head, his, his arms were folded, and they had just – uh, he had just thrown an interception, and they had just scored a touchdown. His arms were folded. And I was saying to myself and to other people, like, he needs to be firing up his team right now more than ever because they are leaning on him and looking to him to help them to win this football game, you know. And, and those are the things that, obviously, he'll learn as he grows and matures, you know, within this game. But he's definitely got his work cut out for him because now they're in a tough spot where – you know, listen, this, this thing can go either way for Green Bay, you know, and, and um, it's going to be more important now than ever for them, for him to really start to pick up his game because he's got to play a lot better for them to be able to, to, to have any shot of winning a division. Uh, last thing, have you seen Saquon Barkley? Yes, I have. That boy is a beast. Uh, will his game translate in the NFL? A hundred percent. A hundred percent it will. Um, he, he's strong too. He's extremely strong too. I love the way he runs the football. He's a beast. I was just talking to some other kids. Uh, I just finished uh, speaking at uh, the high school to some kids, and and they, they brought up Saquon Barkley to me, and they said, "What do you think about him?" I said, "He's an absolute beast." I mean, the kid, 
he can do everything, right? He's returning kicks. He's catching the ball in the backfield. And, uh, he runs hard between tackles. I think he is primed to uh, have a, a, a great long career in the NFL. Uh, you, when, when you, what, what high school did you speak at? Um... I apologize. I don't even know what I'm saying, but I. <laughs> You're like, thank you, Cleveland. You're not in Cleveland. Uh, <laughs> I was just going to ask. For a friend. I did it for a friend. I was just going to ask you because last time we talked, we talked. Do you let them introduce you as Heisman Trophy winner? Because you did, in fact, win the Heisman Trophy. Yeah, I mean, everybody introducing me as that, you know, and I'm not going to. Well, I'm going to say no. Don't don't say that. Yeah, you I know, wouldn't. Everybody always introducing me as that. So, um, you know, I just roll with whatever, you know. Um, I don't. It doesn't bother me either way. All right. I still consider you the rightful Heisman Trophy winner. So does everybody else. Uh, we, we we appreciate you joining us. By the way, uh, the Reggie Bush weekend, that's June 22nd through 24th um, next year in San Diego. You have your own foundation. Yep. What is your foundation? With the yep. money you raise, what do you do with it? Uh, so we supported last year, We this past year, we supported St. Jude uh, Children's Hospital. And then we also support another organization called the Birthday Party Project. And what they do is they go around homeless organizations all around the U.S. and they throw birthday parties for homeless kids. Wait, you throw birthday parties for who? I'm sorry, what did you say? You said we throw birthday parties for and then all of a sudden you cut out. Oh, sorry. So the Birthday Party Project is a foundation nonprofit that go around the homeless shelters all around the U.S. and they throw birthday parties for homeless kids. That's awesome. That's awesome stuff. You can go yeah, to ReggieBushWeekend.com to find out more about it. Uh, that'll be down in yep. June. Of course, all you have to do is say San Diego sure. and Reggie Bush, and most people come running. We know we will. <laughs> yeah. Reggie, thanks so much yes, for joining sir. us. Welcome back to Southern California. Um, Take off that damn sweater, thanks, okay? Sir. Yes, sir, I will. Thanks, buddy. Uh, all right. That's Reggie Bush joining us. Uh, brought to you by True Car. Find out what other people in your area pay for the same car you're looking for, new or used. Visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. I'm welcome to getting older too, Reggie. He's like, I forgot what high school I just spoke at. St. Vincent Mary's Joseph can't really remember. There was a there was Jesus on the wall. I remember that one. And there were kids. He talked to the kids. Happens. Big changes coming to the NBA. Maybe. I'll explain next. Here's the select quote difference. Most companies give you one option, one policy, one rate, but select quote gives you options, lots of options. I want you to give select quote a call at 800-881-4466 or go to selectquote.com today for a totally free personal quote. Doug Gottlieb show Fox sports radio. Uh, man, the press is brought to you by, uh, Honda. Now, now's a fantastic time to buy a new Honda. Visit shophonda.com and visit your local Honda dealer today. The press. Dan by what do you got for me? Uh, we're going to, re- um, review all the Rocky movies, uh, starting with, uh, <laughs> Rocky number Rocky one. Rocky one he wrote in three days. <laughs> I wrote that in three days. No. What was no. it? What was amazing when you were talking about Rocky Four, and I haven't seen all of them, Doug, but was how little dialogue Sly Stallone had in those movies, or at least in that movie. It was a lot of other people talking, and it wasn't necessarily Rocky. You know what? You know what? Hey, 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 you know. Hey. 
Uh, special. Lives can change. <laughs> Yous can change. Uh, we all can change. Rocky Four. Watch it, music. You need to watch it. Historical reference. It's like reading Canterbury Tales or Huck Finn. ESPN actually tweeted a stat today, and I know it's been other places, but this is just the 17th day ever, Doug, that all four major sports have games on one day. So NFL, Major League Baseball, the NBA, and the NHL. <laughs> regular season, yeah, wait, postseason wait, games. Wait, wait, you said major sports. And you said the NHL. Oh, come on. Come on. <laughs> come on, dude. Uh, Tell me where I can find the NHL tonight. Oh, NBC Sports Network. Cool. Probably. Awesome. I don't know. I, that was how just many TVs, how many You're TVs, not going to see him. How many TVs would you have to, how many TVs would you have to find? Would you have to get get to where in your house tonight? Remember, there's also college football, which is more popular. Mm-hmm. That's actually what I thought. I was like, oh, is he talking about college football? Mm-hmm. Um, how many TVs would you have to have in your house where where the NHL actually had one of the TVs? <laughs> Remember, uh, you have Kansas City taking on Oakland tonight. You have the Dodgers taking on the Cubs tonight. Th- those are the first two. Plus, you have Oklahoma City taking on the New York Knicks, Carmelo Anthony's uh, former team. Uh, I'm not huge on Memphis-Houston, but I'm more intrigued in Memphis-Houston then I would be whatever's going on in the National Hockey League. I, I think the answer is one, two, three, four, five. You got Rangers. Six, Rangers seven, Islanders is eight, big. Rangers nine, Islanders. 10, I don't love 11, hockey. I do like. 12, 13, I do. How many TVs? Uh, 14, apparently, according to Mike Francesa. <laughs> 14 TVs. <laughs> we, go to Mike Frances- we go to Mike Francesa for a comment. Mike, wake up, Mike. Wake up, Mike. Mike, wake up. All right, go uh, ahead. Um, yeah, so all Come on, four stop. major professional sports. Stop. All right. Um, <laughs> quickly, I always like to throw some fantasy stuff in there. Leonard Fournette expected to play on Sunday. Didn't practice these last couple of days. But Titans head coach Mike Malarkey isn't sure if running back DeMarco Murray is going to go against the Browns because of a hamstring Because it's the Browns. He wants to wait till they play an NFL team. Michigan State running back LJ Scott's been arrested for the seventh time for driving without a valid driver's license. Yes, the seventh time busted without a license. It all started back in February of 2016. And, yeah, since then and now, this is now the seventh time he's been busted. I, this is this is like the um, – is it Antonio Cromartie? Who, who has all the kids? Yes, Antonio Cromartie. It's like, look, he's got like 14 kids. And I know it's supposedly three or like since vasectomy, which I'm not buying, by the way. Go get another one. Go get another Why? snip. Like – uh, look, for it to happen to you like like twice, like, all right, that's really bad luck. But after you have like two kids out of wedlock, you start going like, you know, maybe I should take more precaution. Yeah. So seven times. Wow. It's <laughs> a lot. A lot of plea deals also with those seven. Uh, a couple of big debuts tonight, Doug. Oklahoma City Thunder hosting Carmelo's old team, the New York Knicks. You got that. You also have the Lonzo Ball era beginning as the Lakers take on the Clippers. I like the Clippers in one game. I like Oklahoma City in the other. With True Car, you can find out what other people in the area pay for the same car you're looking for. New or used, visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Got one. Hey, get out there and press. That was the press. All right. Uh, Draymond Green's MRI came back negative. Yes. Not his x-rays. X-rays are always negatives, by the way. That's very important to point out. Very good. Very, very good. Very good. Very nice. Came back negative. They're always negative. Hey-o! Who wins tonight, Cubs or Dodgers? Go, Bayer. Dodgers. Uh, Ramos? Dodgers. What about you? I'll go Cubs. 
I'm going to go Dodgers. Clayton Kershaw pitches an absolute gem. It goes Kershaw to Jansen, and we go to the World Series. By we, I mean the Dodgers, not me. I'm not really a Dodger fan. I don't know why I said that. This is the Doug Gottlieb Show. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeartRadio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play.